Last week, I forgot to thank a few listeners on the podcast. This intro is dedicated to all of you and all of the leftover army. soldiers. So what's this going on that they have to fly me in here? You do realize I was marathoning Arrow right before I was airborne? Now, from what I understand, we left a few of our own behind enemy lines. Greg Stepp, Aaron Menifee, Dustin Porter, Gabriel Imperiano, Los Yambau, CeCe Chandler, Jenny Dahl, Joey Mattress and Brooke Smith. Now these are all good privates and they're led by Staff Sergeant Andrew Peck. In last week's review, he wasn't even treated to a Tupperware party. This is not a minor oversight. This is a huge catastrophe. General Jake, what do you have to say about yourself? (sighs) Jake sucks. That's the first thing you've said correct this entire time, General Jake. What's that, Private? You have Sergeant Peck on the line behind enemy lines? Give me the call. Sergeant Peck, report. Murdoch. I'm coming to get you. Who's Murdoch? Episode 38. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftover. And we uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture. Pop- <laughs> hey, welcome. <laughs> what a great start to the show already. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Jake. And we're the Leftovers. All right, this is our, uh, this is episode 38. Yeah. Uh, Catching up with the leftovers episode, so we're going to be going over some of the things that uh, we didn't get to talk about in our hiatus that uh, we're going to get a chance to talk on now, give our opinions. Uh, at, but I do want to kind of let everybody know that at the end of the show, we're going to talk a couple more things about uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, including those Robert Redford Red Skull rumors. Uh, as we answer the, and we also are going to answer the question: You know, why wasn't Hawkeye in the Winter Soldier? So we're going to go over some of those things. Um, um, so I don't know. Uh, how was your guys' week? Pretty good. Um, been doing a lot of spring cleaning, you know, getting the house fresh and uh, getting organized with things. So 
keeping busy with that and work. And uh, and then you let Jake in here and, and then fucked it all Jake up. Jake came over and I've got to do it all over again. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, sorry about that. I trashed the place a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good week for me too. Just catching up on a bunch of reading and TV episodes of stuff. And What you reading? Uh, just a bunch of comics. I've got that Marvel Unlimited subscription. I've what been, you watching? <laughs> I've, actually, hey. I've actually been reading the Hickman Avengers run for the first time. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm going to read that, read the new Avengers. I think they just got up to Inf- Infinity Issue 4 on there now. Okay. So I'll get about half of that. Yeah, man, that's a series that I uh-huh. could not complete, unfortunately. So I've got like half of the books. And What about, like, are you going to read the Secret Warrior stuff? Um, the old Hickman stuff? Yeah. I've read You've all read that. You've read all that? Yeah, Good. I love yeah. that series. Yeah, that's a that's a great series. I'm trying to remember who the artist on Secret Warriors was. He was so good. I can't remember. It was uh, was it Stefano Caselli for the first like ten episodes? I can't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty, it was great though. That's a great run. Um, Fury and all those caterpillar agents and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I love that run. I think you can get all that as an omnibus now. Nice. Yeah. Um, we do have our own rating system uh, on how we rate different things, whether it's movies, TV shows, comic books, casting decisions, whatever. If this is your first time listening to the show, then we'll let this lovely British man explain our rating system. Some- <laughs> Hello. <laughs> the rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Uh, first, I wanted to talk a couple of, uh, talk about a couple of podcasts you might want to check out. Both are from listeners of the show. Uh, we have some amazing listeners out there, and it's cool to see and hear them after interacting with them, you know, throughout the week on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Uh, the first one I want to talk about uh, is a podcast uh, called Dungeons and Distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from our listener Austin Shadowin. If you're a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, and, and you want to hear a live version of a group of friends playing the game, then you definitely need to check out this podcast. It's a lot of fun. I've been listening, and I do subscribe. So definitely check that out. So thank you, Austin, for letting us know about that podcast. I had a lot of fun listening to it. Listened to uh, the first half a couple days ago and then listened to the rest of it yesterday on my drive. So that, thank you. It was very good, and I'll keep listening. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to subscribe to it right now, actually. I meant to do that last week. It's called Dungeons and Distractions. Gotcha. Uh, the second one is uh, called Nerd Porn, which I think is a great name, <laughs> and it's from our listener Aaron Claude Miller. Uh, cool. Aaron's awesome, and yeah. uh, if you want the latest scoop on video games and you want to get a good laugh in as well, then check out Nerd Porn. I had a lot of fun listening to that. So uh, Aaron Claude Miller, he's he's an awesome listener. So definitely give Nerd Porn a check out. I had a lot of fun. The guys have great chemistry, and it's fun to listen and 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 uh, laugh along with them. So thank you. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about really quick is uh, we had a couple listeners ask us, like, are you guys ever going to have T-shirts made? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, we would like to definitely yeah. have some T-shirts made. <laughs> yeah, like Pop Culture Leftover T-shirts. So uh, I think it was Brooke Smith and Andrew Peck. And I've had other people in the past ask me about T-shirts and things like that. And uh, I think, like, I, I'd love to do it. I just want to get more – I think I want to get more likes on Facebook, maybe a few more – you know, iTunes reviews, 
and some more, you know, interaction on Facebook. And so I'm talking to like the unspoken listener, like, you know, some of our listeners out there that aren't like really, you know, they haven't made their presence known to us because I know they're out there. Yeah. Because we're only hearing from a handful, but I know that there's more people out there because I've looked at our downloads. Mm -hmm. So if you're an unspoken listener, you don't even have to say anything when you get on Facebook. You don't have to talk to me. (laughs) You don't have to talk to me. Half the people I interact with don't want to talk to me. (laughs) So you don't have to talk with, you don't even have to talk to me or Jake or Jay. Yeah. All you have to do is get on Facebook, do a search for pop culture leftovers and click the little like button. That's Mm -hmm. it. And then at once, I think maybe once we get to maybe a thousand likes on Facebook, then I'll look at starting like a Kickstarter project, you know, and then maybe we can have some t-shirts ran. I'd like some bumper stickers too. Yeah. yeah, maybe some koozies. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some koozies. Some yeah. condoms, some, maybe. <laughs> some uh, snap bracelets. I wouldn't trust those condoms. No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah, but I'd, I'd like to get some good quality shit made. If we're going to do something like T-shirts, we want to get some good, no. nice T-shirts. I want it to fall apart. Yeah. So they have to buy <laughs> yeah. more T-shirts. Yeah. Two washes and it's done yeah. <laughs> I want to, like, yeah, I want you to open up your fucking washer and, like, where'd my shirt go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking gone. <laughs> Yeah, so something like that would be nice, but we need to, yeah, we definitely hear from some more people for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Cause I don't want to be sitting around in like my place with like a, a bunch, bunch of t-shirts. t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> you open up my closet and it looks it's like all you ever wear. <laughs> like Homer Simpson's like closet. Like Homer Simpson's yeah. closet, exactly. I'll trade you some t-shirts. <laughs> oh no. Fuck, I got all these damn koozies. <laughs> these damn t-shirts. Need more beer. I'm double bagging these damn condoms. <laughs> this is bullshit. We do not recommend double bagging them I don't, or I don't single think, bagging yeah, them. I don't think you'd ever want to buy a condom with the brand name Leftovers. Right? <laughs> don't put the condoms in the wash either with the shirt. Yeah, totally washable. <laughs> Reusing condoms. Yeah. Oh my God, that's disgusting. Uh, all right. And the wheels are turning. I'm yes. thinking, maybe I can do that. No. Um, <laughs> all right. It's uh, time for uh, double-sized good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. I'm having a hard time finding these uh, <laughs> audio clips because I've got more on the soundboard that I usually don't have. Gotcha. And so I'm having a hard time finding them. And so it's like there's a little delay. Hmm, a couple weeks you'll have muscle memory. Exactly. I don't know where they are. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's see here. So, um,. If this is your first time listening to the show, Good uh, good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about things in the previous week or months, because we're coming back, uh, that we either liked or disliked. So I think what we're going to do is, like, I, uh, I'll i start maybe with a couple. Jake, you can go with yours. Jay, you know, we can go in an order. But uh, I've got I've got quite a few. So I'll, do, I'll be doing two or three at a time here today. Cool. So uh, I wanted to start off uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop with a really awesome story. Um, Chris Romberg. He's a 19-year-old with Down syndrome and autism. He works in the cafeteria at Villanova University. He started his own business and made a custom comic book vending machine. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, he instantly fell in love with comics uh, and Spider-Man as a kid, and he wanted to own his own comic book store, but he couldn't afford it, so he's doing this instead. Uh, kind of like me, guys. I-, I wanted to be a real radio personality, but I can't, so now I hope this- I host this crappy podcast right. <laughs> with-, with the leftovers. So. <laughs> but at least Chris is making money with what he's doing. Chris has already sold several issues and plans on getting more machines 
scenes. I just think that it's great that, you know, he's thinking outside of the box and, uh, you know, by getting these vending machines to sell comics. I think it's fantastic. That's super cool. Like, what kind of area does he have the vending machine around? Um, I don't know. It's probably near, like, the lunchroom or something gotcha. like that, you know? Damn. Yeah, I'd love to see one of those. I'd use it, you know, if I yeah. could just get one from a vending machine. Yeah, they had a picture of the vending machine on the article that I saw. And Not was... to knock a comic book shop, but, you know. And he has them all bagged and boarded, so you don't have to worry Damn. about them. Yeah. You don't want the coils to keep right. your comics they get stuck. <laughs> no! <laughs> People shaking the machine. <laughs> Somebody shoots it. Yeah. Well, you do know, like, you know, two or three people die every year from a vending machine. Yeah, oh, I, I believe it. Can you imagine being killed by comics? Oh, right. Oh, That's one way to go out, I guess. Yeah. yeah. They're quite the fire hazard. I worry about that all the time. <laughs> That's a pretty genius idea, though. That's pretty, yeah, pretty cool. I love it. Uh, speaking of comics, I wanted to talk about a comic book I read. It's called Deadly Class. Hmm. Uh, it's written by Rick Remender, art by Wes Craig, and the colors are by Lee Luffridge. Um, the, Story takes place in 1987. Our main character, who I don't think the book has given a, a name to him yet, is a homeless teenager. Uh, the story takes place in 1987. Uh, our main character, who I uh, – let's see. I already said that. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he lost both his parents, and they died right in front of him. He lives and sleeps on the streets and begs uh, for loose change. He also writes in this journal about himself and his personal experiences – now, throughout the book, he gets this feeling that he's being watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead in the story to a night where he awakens to an old hobo who's stealing his uh, shoes. And he notices that he's got his journal with him as well. So he's taken off with his shoes. He's running off with his journal. He chases him down, and the homeless guy explains that he has an infection on, you know, in his feet, and he needs these shoes. Uh, so instead of beating him, um, you know, our, the main guy shows him mercy and then gives him the shoes, but makes sure to take back his journal. Um, but looking at the old man, the main guy, he kind of sees his future and what he will be in years to come. And it really worries him. He doesn't like it, and, and he starts to get very dark and suicidal. There's, like, one point in the story where he's actually, like, standing on the edge, edge of a building and, and contemplating, you know, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um he then goes to the Day of the Dead celebration uh, in the Mission District where he is being watched by some shady characters. He gets a tip from just a random stranger that he doesn't know, so, and he tells him it, there's a sting operation about to happen and start running. So he starts to run from the police and is being helped by random strangers uh, along the way to get away and, until he runs into a girl who has a motorcycle. And, and in this scene, I got a very Matrix feel from this, uh, like when Neo met Trinity in the film. Uh, there is a really cool chase scene that takes place. They get away, and our main guy is then taken to a black room with no lights where he meets other young people who introduce him to this guy named Master Lin mm-hmm. that tells him that he can be one of them and will be trained to be a master assassin if he chooses, it's a very Morpheus take the red pill or the blue pill moment at that point in time. And if you want to, if you want more information on the book, I suggest you read it. it. It was a great read. I can't wait to see where the story goes from here and to learn more about our main guy and the other teens in the book. So check it out. I, I think it's only three or four issues deep so far. It's called Deadly Class. Cool. So check it out. I've been looking at art for it while you've been talking about it. It has a real almost outward feel to it, the art kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah I really like it. Yeah, the colors are kind of like, uh, I don't know, it uses more colors but it, hmm. than Franco, uh, Francesco Francavia, but it, it, the cover's the covers beautiful too. Ooh. The, the covers are gorgeous. That's pretty. Yeah. 
So definitely check it out. Deadly Class, Rick Remender, hmm. who's, who's also doing a book called Black Science right now, which is really good. So check out Black Science if you oh, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have you read that, Jay. I definitely want to read that. So uh, I'm, I might even talk about that next week. Looks so cool. All right. Uh, hey, one, if you, one of you guys want to take over for a little bit of your good pop, bad pop, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I, I would like to talk about uh, Game of Thrones. All right. Uh, this, this is where I take a break. Yeah. Yeah. So call me back in when you're done because I am – are you going to spoil anything? I can talk without spoilers. No. I, I really can. It's not that hard. Okay. I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want our listeners to be like, oh, shit, either and have to turn away. So I, I can be I can be vague. All right. So it's you're going to talk about Game of Thrones, the, the new season that the started? New, the new season, yes. Awesome. Season four just premiered last week. Um HBO had its biggest ratings since the Sopranos season finale with this airing. So huge numbers for HBO. Um, it was a very different season opener. Um, I don't know if everyone knows how this series has worked, but it's based off the book Song of Fire and Ice by George R.R. Martin. And so far, seasons one and seasons two were direct adaptations of the first two books. Right. They didn't stray at all. Well, and, and it still continues to be direct adaptations. But now the third book is so big and has so much material that seasons three and four is both the third book. And it really made the season four opener unique from all the other seasons in that it we're starting right in the middle of a book. So it's not a setup episode like all the other season premieres are. So this one really came out guns blazing by far the most exciting game of Thrones season premiere to date. Um, the head writers are DB Weiss and David Beninoff of the show. And I don't know if you guys know how the show works, but episode nine is always the big episode of Game of Thrones. It's the Blackwater Bay battle in season two. It's the Red Wedding in season three. It's the Ned Stark in season one. And when asked of the writers, you know, are we going to have that big episode nine moment? They said, you know, this season has five or six episode nines. It's hmm. there's so by the time you get to episode nine, you're just going to be worn out. Hmm. And, um, They've also cited that Arya and the Hound is going to be kind of the storyline that's going to have almost everyone talking when we see what happens with them. So I'm really excited. Um, those are two of my favorite characters right now, too. Um, one thing really weird about the season four is that we've uh, switched actors on a character. I mean, you haven't seen it yet. If you've only seen season one. I've seen season one, and then like I'm like five, six episodes deep into season two. But there's a character that's involved <laughs> in Khaleesi's storyline called Dario, and we've completely switch actors, not even resembling the guy that was in season three. So do you think that like people that are familiar with the show that have been watching it, were they confused by this? I think they were definitely confused by it. If you did not know coming into this episode that we were switching actors here until they said it was Dario, you were like, who's this new character? Was it scheduling conflicts with the other actor? Like the other actor just dropped out. Interesting. Maybe he got like a part on something. How would you leave game of Thrones? Maybe he had conflicts with the, someone on set or wow. the, the people on the set, but it, it, very strange. Yeah. So that, that was really one of the only downsides of the opening. Uh, let me see real quick. Yeah. I mean, it was a Tupperware for an opener too. And I would say that the other episode openers were just taste it. Okay. I mean, you could really feel that we're starting in the middle of the book. If anyone's read a big, long 800 page novel, you know, by 400, we're really ramping all the excitement up and that's right where you are, right from episode one. Nice. Can't wait till you guys get caught up and we can really dissect some yeah, of this I'm, stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely going to start watching it again. I, I think there's so many characters in that thing that it, I need like a like a uh, diagram, like a like one of those Hickman diagrams to like know exactly like who I'm who, who I'm watching in this scene and what family they're in and 
It is tough. I, I've watched probably all the episodes at least three times now. And it's like one of those things that every time you watch it, you pick up on a character's relation to another character. Cause there's over 30 principal characters at this point, And it does become overwhelming trying to figure out yeah. who the fuck's who and who belongs to what, you know, good stuff though. I, I can pass the ball, pass the stick. Uh, you can come back to me and then we'll go to Jay here. Okay. That's cool. All right. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's talk about some knives, hammers, and baseball bats. That's right. <laughs> I am talking about uh, The Raid 2. Uh, yesterday I went and saw The Raid uh, 2. It's the follow-up to Raid the Redemption, uh, directed by Gareth Evans. All I have to say about this movie is Tupperware. I mean, it, it's amazing. It's a long movie. It's two hours and 28 minutes long, but it's well worth it. The story's fantastic. Uh, it only helps complement the action that much better. Uh, the guy that plays uh, Yucho in the film, his name is uh, his real name is Arifin Putra, steals this movie. Hmm. This guy is absolutely fantastic. It is almost scary how good this guy is as, as an actor. It's like watching. It's like Tom Hiddleston as Loki mm-hmm. because you love to hate this guy. This guy, it's almost scary how this guy is so good. Uh, he, he plays his part as a villain so well, but you love watching this guy act the entire time. And I was like worried, like I was thinking, like, can this guy make like the transition into like you know some st- movies in the f- in in the states if he, if he only speaks you know another language? Well, there's some scenes where he's speaking English and he p- speaks perfect English. I can see this oh, guy nice. being a big time actor over here. He steals this movie, in my opinion. How old is this guy? I'd say maybe you know early 30s. Cool. Maybe uh, the story is well balanced. The action and choreography are amazing. I loved this movie. You definitely need to watch the raid if you haven't seen this. We talked about this outside. You guys yeah. haven't seen it yet, so you guys are in for a treat. Uh, if you haven't seen it, catch this one in theaters too. After you've seen the raid, uh, I, I just saw the the raid three is going to star uh, Eco Uways uh, uh, from the good guy in this movie, as well as Tony Jaa. Huge. Which, which you know Tony Jaa from the Ong Bak movies. Mm. I think he might even be in Expendables 3 coming up. Yeah. Uh, but Called the next Bruce Lee by many. Yeah. Uh, Iko and Tony Jaa are going to be in the same fucking movie. And I think that is amazeballs right there. And <laughs> I'm serious. Like, it's, I want to see these guys fight. Yeah. Like, I was thinking, like, if there was ever, like, a double dragon movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those two would just be like... Shit, yeah. Unfortunately, there was a double dragon. <laughs> there was. I know. <laughs> it's yeah. about 20 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely awful. But, um, definitely, definitely check it out. The Raid, the, the first film was just... Uh, it just took everybody by surprise. I mean, even the critics, it took everybody surprise. I mean, it was made in Indonesia. It was made for like $1.1 million. Mm-hmm. It had, like I was telling you guys, it had like the one set piece, which was this building. And, uh, what they, what they, and then from there, I mean, it just did gangbusters as far as like DVD sales. It even had like a U.S. opening here. I think it did like four or five million here. But I mean, it well paid itself off. And this new movie, they've got more set pieces, more money to throw at this movie, car chase scenes out the ass. Fighting scenes that are amazing. Ten-minute fight scenes that are just awesome. The Raid 2 is amazing. Watch The Raid, then watch The Raid 2 while it's out in theaters. I, I promise you it will not disappoint. That's a real treat for the fans that they took all the money they made from the first movie and didn't just take it to the bank, that they actually put it into this and gave the fans yeah. more and better. You know? Pretty much well, immediately. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it stayed grounded to the original film. They didn't try to make it like more over the top or anything like that. They, they really kept the elements from the first film that people liked, and they just 
ran with it in the second movie. And it was a direct follow-up. It wasn't like, you know, time has passed and like, you know, like it's a whole new story. No, this is a direct follow-up to the first film. So that that's great, yeah. It's awesome. So it's not like they're rebooting and starting over. Right. You see that a lot of times with these low budget movies that make a lot of money when it comes to sequel time. Yeah. Where they just abandon like everything. Saints. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Even like Blair Witch did the same thing. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Can I can I be honest here while we're talking? While you mentioned that Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. When we? How old were you when you first saw it? I was in. I was probably twenty eight, twenty nine. I hated that movie. Really? Did I hated huh. it? Yeah. I, I really liked it at the time. I I don't really rewatch. Willem Dafoe took me out, dude. Yeah. Oh, I love Dafoe. That over movie. The oh man, <laughs> I couldn't do it. He's dancing around the crime scene and everything. I love Dafoe in that movie. I, I know it's like a cult classic. Yeah. Like everybody loves Boondock Saints, but like I'm just gonna come out and say I hated it. Yeah. Toss it. I'm yeah. sorry. I <laughs> I just toss Boondock Saints and you know send your hate mails to comments at popcultureleftovers.com. I teach their own. It was kind of a weird thrown in. Felt like you know force kind of I don't know I don't know why it was in there I couldn't like be like well that makes sense that it's in there besides right. like it had some poeticness to it I guess and it added to the drama of it but I don't know he could have done that another way too you know not that I have yeah. a problem with him doing it I just it didn't fit for me the rest of the story so much because the rest of the story was so badass and then like his character was cool and all and he was kind of a badass too but I don't know. Yeah, I kind of agree about that, but I, I still, I still Tupperware that movie. I Tupperware. <laughs> I Tupperware William Defoe's performance also. Yeah, yeah. I tasted it. <laughs> um, yeah, before we get to you, Jay, I want to talk about one more thing in my good pop, bad pop mm-hmm. here, and then we'll get to your stuff. Um, guys, this, I know this happened, uh, this is, I guess you could consider it bad pop, but I'm going to call it good pop because it happened to Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's old news, but I wanted to cover it anyway. Um, so did you guys hear about Michael Bay at CES, the consumer electronics show? I don't think so. No. no. <laughs> All right. So Michael Bay, he went to CES, which is the consumer electronics show. It's a big event and he's on stage with some guys from Samsung electronics and he's supposed to be talking about him uh, being a director and how this TV is going to change the way that we view movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the teleprompter he was reading from, it goes out on him and he bumbles and stutters, uh, and then ends up just walking off the stage. Um, so I wanted to play the audio from the event. Oh, cool. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, director and producer, Michael Bay. <laughs> How is everyone today? Uh, my job as a director is I get to dream for a living. Michael, you know, you're known for such unbelievable action. What, what inspires you? How, how do you come up with these unbelievable ideas? Um, I create visual worlds that are so beyond every, everyone's normal life experiences. And Hollywood is a place that creates uh, a viewer... <laughs> Escape. And um, what I try to do is, I, as a director, I try to. Uh, the type is all off, sorry, but I'll just wing this. Tell us what you think. Yeah, we will just we'll, we'll wing it right now. Um, I take, I try to take people on an emotional ride, and um, the curve. How does it? Uh, how do you think it's going to impact? Uh, how viewers experience your movies. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, let's thank Michael for joining us. What the fuck? 
is what you do. Oh, sorry. Okay. Look, I'm right there. Michael's got a lot of great things going on. Yeah. He'll be very excited to be part of what he's doing and help. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, no. And then, um, yeah. So then on his, uh, on his Michael Bay's blog, he, he, uh, typed out, Wow, I just embarrassed myself at CES. <laughs> then he says, I guess live shows aren't my thing. <laughs> Life. <laughs> Apparently neither are movies, right. Michael, because I've, I've seen Transformers. Um, I think the irony here isn't that Michael Bay was at the Consumer Electronics Show and uh, the electronics stopped working. Yeah, yeah. I think the the irony here is that God, he just sucks as a person, and this 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 just happened for a reason, honestly, because yeah. he's such a douchebag. <laughs> oh, poor Michael Bay. Is he a trust fund kid or something? I mean, what happened to him? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. He wasn't raised right. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm gonna rush out and watch Pain and Gain too. Yeah. I think that's probably yeah. equally as embarrassing. Oof. <laughs> All right, Jay, what do you got? <laughs> well, I kind of wanted to talk about this, and I was talking to Jake about it earlier, but um, there was a press release this week about Amazon acquiring Comixology. And I was, you know, pretty new to digital comics uh, before we started doing this podcast. I, I knew about them, of course, but I was always, you know, buying the physical copy for me was where it was at. And so, you know, part of me kind of feels like this is – maybe bad news for the industry like you know for me like i don't want to see the comic book shop suffer over something like this because they're going to dominate it right um in a way it's good because you know more people can be uh, purchase these now uh it's more convenient to get them it's probably going to be cheaper but for me the whole thing about comic books is going to my comic book shop getting the physical copy having it in my hand talking to the people at the shop talking, talking to, yeah talking to the owner right you know and then finding other things in that shop that I've never heard about, never seen before. Right. And, and getting onto those things. And so, you know, we, we saw this with, you know, CDs and downloading. We saw this with books even and bookstores being affected by this kind of thing. And, um, so for me, I, you know, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on this are, but for me, it's kind of, it's kind of scary. I like comicsology. Um, but I don't want everything to be digital from here on out as far as comic books are concerned. Yeah, I can see, I can see why you'd be scared, Jay. It's definitely bad for one industry, but it's definitely great for the other. I do mean, you, it, well, before, I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you think they'll raise the prices of comic, of physical comic books because of something like this? I don't think at this point we can raise the price of yeah. physical comics anymore. I think we're pretty much held at $4 for a normal issue. Mm -hmm. and, well, that's I mean, why they're making these variant covers yeah. all the time. You right. know, that's why we got these lenticular covers coming out, you know? I mean, to try to find like, oh yeah, you, okay, uh, somebody who's a completist is gonna buy those variant covers. Yeah, 52 you know? Lineker 3D color covers right. or whatever the yeah. hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like when they came out with the, what was it, the, uh, the Justice League of America, when they came out with that new book, the Jeff Johns book, mm -hmm. they had 50. Of the state covers. 50 different state covers. Right. So if you're a completist, whether it be with Jeff Johns or whether it be with, you know, Justice League, whatever, you're going to get all 50 covers. And like, you know, you've got places out there where you can get like half price off of all 50 covers or whatever. You're yeah. saving some money there, but I mean, there's people that are going to buy them regardless right but yeah i think this does take a bite into those comic book stores i do i agree i mean but we all know it's already a dying breed the brick and mortar comic book store i mean yeah because the, of the discounts yeah, yeah. And, 
I'm glad to see, I mean, the comics digital sales are just up and up and up. If you look on the iTunes, you know, top paid apps, it's always in the top 20 comicsology. Right. That's so, good. I mean, people are buying a lot of digital books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the comicsology has like sales all the time, like 99 cent sales. Oh like, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And they do a good job on their featured page, showcasing a lot right. of different companies and books and everything. Yeah. And another interesting fact is that there's eight different covers of a book. You buy the one digital copy and you're going right. to get all eight covers. Yeah. I mean, digitally, not in paper, but you're still getting to see those covers. Right. Right. But it is more money when they do that. I mean, usually they're more expensive. Or, the variant covers? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or they're hard, you know, they're hard to get, which I think is kind of a good thing. It keeps the collectability alive. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. It just seems to me like I, I don't want there to only be Amazon in the future. Yeah. You know, I want other places to be able to sell this stuff. Well, and, pretty soon they're going to be able to fly your <clears throat> comics to you. Right. With those little yeah. airplanes. Those well, little- and guess what you're going to buy before you buy it. Yeah. Which is also weird. <laughs> yeah. But I don't want everything to be on Amazon only. And no, I, I just, I like having the option of having the comic and the digital copy. I like it when I buy my comic and it has that option, you know? And Well, maybe like <clears throat> what they should do is like, I like how some creators are just like, they have the comic come out digitally only. Like they've said, like, mm-hmm. it's never going to come out on paper. Right. So it's only digital. Like with Brian K. Vaughn. And uh, Marcos Martin doing the the private eye. Yes, you know, and you can pick that. And what how they're doing it is, you can go to their website, panelsyndicate.com. You can pay whatever you want for the book. Yeah, you can give them a cent if you want. Yeah, you can give them a penny. Yeah, you can pay whatever you want for the book. That's cool. But you know, I, I suggest don't do that. I don't want any of our listeners. <laughs> I'm sure Jake did it, <laughs> but uh, I, I want our listeners. You know, two ninety nine is the going rate for a comic book. At least paying the two ninety nine. I mean, these are fantastic creators, and I mean, Marcos Martin is one of my all time faves. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. So I mean, and it just yeah, definitely check out that book if you haven't read that book. But I like how some of these creators are doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah, it's digital only comic. Digital only comic. What, what are know? we gonna What are we gonna have to let the artist and writer sign if everything goes all digital? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, am gonna, what am I gonna bring? To <laughs> Could you sign my Kindle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that will probably. Happen. Another cool thing is like you know if I'm at the airport and I want to read a comic book, I seriously don't want to sit there with a long box. Yeah. Yeah. You got your half box on a dollar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice, you know. I'm sitting there. I'm laid over or whatever, you know, at the at the Atlanta airport, which always seems to happen to me. But there I am at the Atlanta airport. And I can read it right off my iPad or my Kindle. I don't have to, you know what I mean? Oh, it's great. It's so convenient. I yeah. love digital comics. Yeah. I don't want to see them destroy the paper industry, but I, I do love them. Did you have anything more to say about the comicsology? No, no, I just wanted to bring that up. And, you know, there's another thing I wanted to mention quickly. Like, I've been out of comics for a little bit now because had some money issues. And so I've gotten like halfway through a lot of series and didn't finish a lot of stuff. But what I'm looking for right now is, is recommendations from you guys, recommendations from listeners. You know, what should I be picking up? Like, what should I be investing in? Uh, you know, that's like a good series, good writer, good artist, you know, and, um, cause I'm kind of behind and I hate it when that happens. And it always takes people telling me like, dude, you have to be on top of this. You need to check this out. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you guys could post some of that stuff on Facebook, that'd be totally awesome and help me out. So I think I got a box of comics in the back of my car right awesome. now. Awesome. Oh, I can nice. hook you up with. Okay. So. 
Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm in I'm in the same boat with you, Jay. So yeah, yeah. Any, any recommendations would be great. I, I that's what really floats my boat is hearing about new shit. Well, I got the new uh, Aquaman. It's not new, but it's Aquaman 26. It's the start of Jeff Parker's run on oh, Aquaman. Cool. Oh, cool. Nice. So awesome. Jeff Johns left the book. So looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Huge fan of his Thunderbolts run. Yeah, Thunderbolts love, love time awesome. travel in the Marvel universe. He just got off the Red She Hulk too, which yeah. was a lot of fun. So. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, right now, if you head over to SweetLosAngeles.com, you can help celebrate the 20th anniversary of Mike Mignola's Hellboy Comics and pick up the Hellboy chocolate bars. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> nice. Yeah. There's a chocolate Hellboy Inferno bar and the Abe Sapien Sea Salt and Caramel bar. Mm. Uh, they feature beautiful Hellboy art by Mike Mignola himself. Uh, there was an event in Los Angeles at Meltdown Comics to celebrate the anniversary, and Mignola was there. And even there was a spot on the back of the candy bar wrappers where he could sign. Hmm. And uh, there, there, there's also a limited edition 3D candy available. Oh yeah, yeah. Jake's showing us the picture right now of the candies. Aren't the 3D? You've got like with uh, right there with the uh, they got the Hellboy fist. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. And then you've got a beautiful shot of Hellboy. Like a bust, almost like a bust, a chocolate bust. Is that a sketch wrapper too? That's, a sketch wrapper. I didn't see that. That's gorgeous. Man, I wouldn't open those or eat that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, the 3D candies I think are beautiful. Uh, the candies are nine ninety nine, and they're uh, also they're available on SweetLosAngeles.com. They're very cool. So I wanted to point that out. I, the artwork on the candy wrappers is just awesome. It worth ten bucks alone, yeah, right there, yeah. for sure. Uh, April 19th uh, is Record Store Day, and what better way to celebrate than to pick up a 30th anniversary limited edition Ghostbusters vinyl record <laughs> featuring the theme song by Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> I hope he's getting paid. I love that song. <laughs> There's only a thousand of these available. The record itself is a glow-in-the-dark record. Oh man, uh, it just looks very cool. Slimer green. It's yeah, it's uh, almost like a uh, green translucent glow in the dark record. It's very cool. It's got the uh, logo in the center, the oh, Ghostbusters logo. That's awesome. Uh, if you're a fan of the Ghostbusters, you're going to want to get this. Um, it, it's amazing. It features the original song, uh, single version of the song, uh, an instrumental version. Uh, a 12-inch dance remix version, <laughs> and then it also has a dubstep version oh, no. as well. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, for more information, you can head to recordstoreday.com and see what stores in your area are participating in the event. I know Co-op, are you guys doing the... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying to get you that record, so hopefully we got it. I want it. It's, it's a crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get. The stores don't know what they're going to get. Wow. We order months in advance. We've been ordering this stuff since, like, last year, trying to get it in on time. So it's really cool. There's a lot of stuff you'll only get that day. If you don't get it, it's going to be gone. And all that stuff, like, as far as collectability, um, it's worth money. Like, you can yeah. actually hold on to this. As soon stuff. as this, like, gets... As soon as people pick these up, you're going to be seeing them on eBay. Yeah, immediately that day. People are buying them for that purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I guarantee you right now they've probably got them for pre-order on eBay if you look right now. Yeah. I've talked about chocolate. I've talked about records. Uh, (laughs) Now I'm going to talk about beer, okay? Uh All right. Star Trek fans, CBS Consumer Products and the Federation of Beer have announced Klingon-branded beer. Uh Uh-oh. 
It's the second official Star Trek beer, which is, that blew me away. I was like, fuck, dude. Second. <laughs> second? They've already got Star Trek beer? <laughs> but the, it's the first to arrive in the United States. The Vulcan Ale, <laughs> it, it, debuted, it debuted last year, but it's still only available in Canada. So I guess we got to take a trip up to America's hat. <laughs> Canada and get some Vulcan ale. <laughs> Apparently. Can I, we have that shipped here, actually? I don't know. You probably can. I'm sure we have listeners in Canada. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it's brewed by Tin Man Brewing Company in Evansville, Indiana. Huh. Which we're probably a hop, skip, and a jump away from Evansville. Oh, we should visit. Yeah, dude. Let's go there. I bet. I wonder if they have, like, the like the workers in the shop are, like, dressed up like fucking Klingons and shit. <laughs> oh, we poor, demand it. Poor guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, you go to the customer service desk at the front, and yeah. they speak in Klingon only. <laughs> Uh, when you said that, my first thought is beer is a beverage best served cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the beer, it's Klingon Warnog is a handcrafted Roggen Dunkel, a beer suited for the harsh Klingon lifestyle. <laughs> Warnog's aroma is predominantly mild banana and clove produced by the German wheat yeast, supported by subtle sweet malt character from the use of Munich malt, CBS <laughs> states. The flavor draws heavily from the blending of the rye malt and traditional clove character, creating a very rich and unique flavor. Oh, I'm getting thirsty. Yeah, wow. The inclusion of wheat and caramel malt <laughs> helped to round out the mouthfeel of this beer, making this Dunkelweizen hearty enough to be called a Klingon Warnock. Man, you should be doing the ad for Shouldn't that. Shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want some. Now, the brew will debut, uh, it actually debuted a few weeks ago at the nightclub bar. And sh- uh, the nightclub and bar show in Las Vegas, and it ships later this year to the United States and Canada. So hmm. I want to pick some of that up. Yeah. For sure. Some Klingon beer. Beer fit for a Klingon. Oh, jeez. Wow. Well, certainly I am worthy of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see the label for that. I bet, I bet it's a cool bottle. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see Worf do the commercials, like a Colt 45 oh, type thing. Oh, uh, yeah. I was, I was thinking Quark. Don't know who are. Clean. <laughs> Klingon Warnock yeah. works every time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Jake. What do you got, man? Let's do You want to do a smoke real quick? Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Be right back. All right, hey, and we're back. Um, guys, I wanted to talk real quick about uh, Hugh Jackman. He was on the Matt Edmondson show on BBC Radio 1 and sung a parody of Who Am I from Les Mis hmm. as Wolverine. <laughs> it's called Wolverine the Musical, and I have to play it. Yes. It is epic. Please welcome to the stage yeah. Hugh Jackman mm. as Wolverine from Wolverine the Musical. Who am I? Am I a superhero with some claws? Or just an actor searching for applause? Wolverine has all the fans, but what about me, Hugh Jackman? Who am I? I play the Wolfman, yes, it's quite the task. In X-Men days of future past, there's the plug. I'm at the gym doing weights each day. Hugh has got to look buff, they say. Must I lie? I cannot eat this ice cream anymore. 
I need a buddy people can adore. I gave up junk food that I know. I made that bargain long ago. And all my snacks and crisps are gone. And now this Wolverine can go on. Who am I? is going to work. And so, my friend, you see it's true. I am an X-Man who isn't blue. Who am I? I am Wolverine. I'm <laughs> today. No. <laughs> <laughs> Too early. A round of applause. There it is. I love it. That was, that was great. fantastic. That was great. I love how he's such a good sport yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So passionate about the character. And, and when he did, when he that part when he busts out and he goes, oh, "I'm Wolverine," he actually did like the snick. Oh, nice. And like you know, you could, he was like making that claw. That's so nice movement. And I love how the British people call potato chips crisps. Yes. <laughs> 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 Are they crispier? Uh, a bag of crisps. Yes. Bag I of wanna, crisps. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, next story. I'm a huge fan of Morgan Spurlock um, ever since Super Size Me. Mm. I also enjoyed uh, his greatest movie ever sold, um, Where in the World is Osama Bin Laden. Yes. And uh, even his FX television series, 30 Days. Uh, it looks like Morgan Spurlock is making a return to TV when he brings his new docuseries to Showtime. It's called Seven Deadly Sins, hmm. and it's being called Dark and Twisted. Uh, when asked about the project, Spurlock said, For years, I've wanted to do an Alfred Hitchcock Presents style show comprised completely of nonfiction stories, a series of just as dark and twisted as anything fiction could imagine. And now I'm thrilled to have that dream come true with Seven Deadly Sins. With Showtime as a partner... We're going to make this as depraved as any scripted program as we dive headfirst into lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. I should have had Morgan Freeman say that. He does it so much better. Oh, wow. That, that sounds pretty can crazy. can edit that in later. Yeah. <laughs> you won't believe it until you see it, and even then, you may not believe it. Um, so Seven Deadly Sins, Morgan Spurlock on Showtime. Wow. Oh. Uh, it premieres June 19th on Showtime, so definitely check that out. Could be some pretty disturbing reality television there. Yeah. I love shows like that. I don't know anyone these days that doesn't watch shows like that, like the real crime television series and stuff They're like huge. that. They're huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who doesn't watch those anymore? They're huge. It's all over the place. Like, uh, they've got a whole channel dedicated to it. Oh, like, yeah. is there a detective channel now? Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure there is. <clears throat> yeah. And like, uh, I love that shit, dude. If there's nothing on, I'll either be watching detective or history. Yeah. I think people are more interested nowadays than ever about, you know, what, how criminals think and how people become sociopaths or yeah. murderers and stuff like that. And it's just an interesting thing to look at the dark side of humanity. And people used to just deny it. And now, you know, we see a lot more of it. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty apparent. We so. don't have as many good serial killers as we did back in no, the day. Though. No, it's pretty yeah. weird. Do you remember serial killer trading cards? I was just getting ready to say. This I knew somebody yeah. was thinking it too. Yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking it too. They had serial killer trading cards for a while, wow. man. 
Ben. <laughs> like Jay, I could like like it's almost like a magic deck. Or yeah, yeah. You know, like you know, like can you imagine like you know? Hey man, I'll trade you a Ted Bundy for a Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. I'd be like, no fucking hey, way. Hey, I got a Gacy over here. Can I trade? Oh that? damn. Yeah. It's rare. <laughs> I, I, I got a foil Gacy. <laughs> I heard the gum that came in the pack was actually made of Soylent Green. Oh no. <laughs> I got some bad news about Soylent Green for you. What? Soylent Green <laughs> is made of. People! <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, uh, we watched that in chemistry class. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that was worth it. That was the first time I saw Soylent Green was in my chemistry class. Oh, wow. And you're still left to question why. Just I, like everything in chemistry yeah, class. What did you learn? <laughs> I loved it. I, lo- I learned that I learned that uh, Charlton Heston can make great movies, <laughs> including Planet of the Apes. Yes. yes. The original. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Seven Deadly Sins. I can't wait to see that. I, I love that. I love Morgan Spurlock. I don't care if he is a vegan or whatever and yeah. all that other bullshit. I, I loved uh, Super Size me i haven't watched any of his stuff since that though uh he did a comic-con special which i have on dvd which yeah. i can loan out to you all right um he did an fx series i knew about the fx series and but it, I- it was really good yeah he had like one episode where like him and his wife they lived together in a house like an apartment and they tried to live on minimum wage mm. and show you how difficult it is Oof. they had one where like the uh a, they made a border patrol person live with uh somebody that uh, wasn't a legal immigrant huh. You know, and, and and things like that. It was it's a it was a really good show. Yeah, really good. His show. stuff's always eye opening, and that's what's going to be interesting. Yeah, but. I'm a huge fan of Morgan Spurlock. I love the guy. Yeah, uh, Jake, what do you got uh, for us, buddy? Um, I was going to talk about. I've been reading a lot of manga lately. Um, and one I've really been into. So it's manga. It's not manga. I'm probably saying it. Is wrong. it hentai or hentai? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I butchered it. It's probably manga. <laughs> Okay. I think you're correct. I, I, don't, I know. don't know. I think either is acceptable. At least though. it's not Mango. <laughs> no. Remember that it's old not SNL? not the SNL character. Yeah, Chris Katan. Chris Katan, yeah. No one's jumping no, it, into is it, his Is arms. it Chris Katane or is it Chris Katan? <laughs> Katana or Katana? Theater or, yeah. <laughs> potato, potato, fuck it. You've been reading some manga. And uh, one I've really been enjoying is this book called All You Need Is Kill. Um, it's in Weekly Shonen Jump. It's a Viz magazine comes out every week and it has it's really neat because it comes out actually the same day in japan as it comes in america they do the translation right on time that's crazy because a lot of these manga books they don't come out for months and months and months like it could be like on trade number 12 in japan and here you're on trade number four exactly um it's been like this only for about three quarters of a year now where they've maintained the schedule and they've been able to keep it up they've been doing a lot more rotating stories than they normally did but it's been really great and um this has been one of the best stories. Um, it's actually being adapted into a movie called Edge of Tomorrow, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, it's basically kind of a cross between Groundhog Day and Starship Troopers, hmm. where it's a, a future Earth, two soldiers fighting in a war against an intergalactic race called the Mimics. And uh, every time the main character dies, he wakes right back up in his bunk again and starts <laughs> the day over. Cool. And um, later you find out that this is the alien's powers – and this is how they were able to take over the Earth in the first place. And only with this character having the same power is he able to counteract the alien invasion and do things over and over and over again himself. I mean, he literally sticks a gun into his mouth and blows his brains out. 
and comes back to life right in his bunk. It's just like Bill Murray when yeah. he like yeah. what is it jumped off or like drove off the the, the cliff or whatever. Yeah, yeah, electrified. Don't himself. drive angry. Yeah. <laughs> Don't drive angry. <laughs> but, and the main character, you know, he writes a number on his forearm every time he wakes up, and how many times he's died. And like come Memento. Back. Yeah. Did yeah. you know, like in the the Groundhog's Day movie, that uh, I think the the producers they actually had a number of how many days he actually did this oh really oh and it went on for like years that's why he was able to learn piano, piano and all that so stuff well. yeah. yeah every characteristic so of everyone in the town this is oh yeah you know that movie was actually filmed up in wheaton illinois Oh, wow, that's cool. They, um, there's a, uh, you know, that puddle that he would step in every day. Like, yeah. he knew everything that was going to happen every day, but he would still always step <laughs> in that same puddle. Yes. That same spot there in Wheaton, Illinois, they've got a sign right above that little piece of curb that says, Bill Murray stepped here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. And, and like I said, it's been, the movie changed the name, um, All You Need Is Kill. It's not very catchy for an American theater name. So I don't it's think. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Right. Um, Doug Lyman's directing, who did the first Bourne movie. He did mm. He did Jumper. Um, it looks like a great science fiction movie. I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan. Did you see Oblivion? Have you seen it yet? I have not seen Oblivion. It's fantastic. You guys need to watch it. I, I, do. I do need to see it. It's fantastic. Maybe that'll make me a little bit more on the Tom yes. Cruise train. Yes. I mean, I, I, what was it, the, the War of the Worlds that, it, that, that they came out with? Yeah. It, it was definitely not a Tupperware. I'll say that much. It no. was It was maybe a low-tasted, but still, you know, I mean, Tom Cruise, I don't know. He's Man, he's hit or miss. I, I still like the Mission Impossible movies. I, I do, too. And uh, But it, it's, it's kind of cool that he's coming out with two science fiction movies back-to-back now with Oblivion, and it looks like a great follow-up, like you said, with Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, and it's just kind of weird in the manga it's a very young character okay how 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 in depth are you with this manga are you like are you diving into this stuff like the whole genre yes the whole genre i'm reading i'm reading the weekly shonen jump every week and okay so that's about 12 different titles so there's show show and shonen which yes. show show is more for the female yes and then you got shonen which is more for like your male audience more action orientated okay um, and then the jump refers to that it comes out on a weekly basis actually yeah and there's all different kinds of genres within the genres too like there's eki manga which is more of like not necessarily romance, but conversational stories. Right. And there's a lot of that that's shown in too. Okay. It's, they have a lot of drama stories, just like almost soap opera. That's more of the show show stuff. Yeah. Right? Lots of dramedies. Yeah. yeah. But the line is really <clears throat> blurred on that kind of stuff now where they, it's really not a what's male and what's female. Okay. Genre. They, they don't really use that terminology too much. It's more just different genres within the shonen genre. Now, is all the, <clears throat> whenever I think of manga, am I saying it right? Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> well, whenever I think of that, I think of the cartoony, you know, style of the art, like the Pokemon. Yeah. Is that what it's all like? I mean, yeah. Let me, because that—that's what kind of always kept me away from reading them. Just vamp for a second. And I'll, I'll, <clears> I think I'll. what kept me away is just like my lack of knowledge of like where to start. Well, that too, and plus you talked about the delays and the when they came out. That was like, well, I know this is out overseas. Yeah. I've seen it, and I can't get it here. So, yeah. well, there's places where they translate that's illegal that oh. you can read this stuff, but. I, I want to give credit to the creators. Yeah, so. I'm the same way. There's <clears throat> websites you can go and read all the stuff, but I, I'm actually paying for the weekly Shonen Jump subscription. It's like three bucks a month. Wow, well, that's huh. not bad. 
Yeah, and you just get all kinds of material. But here's the art for this all you need is kill, Jay. Oh, that's nice. And it's you can see him blowing his brains out. <laughs> but I mean it still has that typical style with the character oh, design wow. and everything. Wow, that's pretty graphic. But it's still much more mature than what you think. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Shot of the mimic there. Yeah, it's it's that reminds me of something that you'd see in the Max comic it book. It does look like an is, like a yeah. giant fucking is yeah. coming at him. Oh, I miss that comic book. And the trick <laughs> the trick Oh, I've got the entire cartoon. I got that on DVD. Oh, so good. I had to buy Somebody had to burn it on the DVD really? for me because I don't know if it came out like in a release, but yeah. So awesome. trippy. But that's a good one. If you guys have um, – I like that artwork. That's nice. Yeah, it's not your typical – it's almost a, a little bit of a clash between America and – And that black and white's just stunning on some of those pages. It is stunning. Wow. And they, they do a color spread for the first two pages of it. I'm trying to get to that real quick. I should be almost there. God, I like the black and white so much that – it's weird to see it in color just for a couple pages because you. That's get like so people don't realize, like if they haven't read like the Walking Dead comic, like yeah. that's black and white, yeah. and that's why they did AMC had those black and white edition, uh, like from the first season, second season, where they did that, which I thought was cool. Well, that's nice. Too. Oh my gosh, the colors they just <laughs> pop. Yeah, yeah, wow. And plus, you're seeing it on the iPad, which is, I mean, it's just yeah. going to make the colors. That really looks like pop. RC right there. <laughs> from- yeah, transformer. I always love their armor and stuff that you know they yeah. put in there. The technologies, that's nice. So yeah, I'll I, check that out. I highly recommend it. It's a super fun story. It's it's usually in every week, and you get about twenty to thirty pages every week. So I'm gonna write that down. All you need is kill. All you need. Baby. All you need is kill. Definitely check that out, especially if you're looking forward to uh, Edge of Tomorrow. And yes. that, I have that <clears> written down too. That comes out in. June 6th is when that comes out in American yeah. theaters. I think uh, Oblivion came out last year in April. So, it, yeah, this is a step up for yeah. Tom Cruise coming out in June. See this movie, guys. Yeah, it's a $110 million budget movie. I mean, so I, I, yeah, I know that there's uh, other movies coming out, Spider-Man and all that stuff. I know everybody's going to like drop their dollar to see this, but see this movie if you want a smart science fiction film. Hmm. See it. Yeah, I hope we end up doing an episode for this or at least talk about it. For We're going to do an episode. Good deal. All right. I wanted to talk about uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop, okay? Um, I'm a big fan of Sci-Fi's Face Off. The show, uh, if you've never seen uh, Face Off, it it pits makeup artists against each other uh, where only one of them is left at the end. Uh, It's a reality show. So when I heard that Sci-Fi was going to do a version of the show where contestants compete against each other uh, while building amazing puppets, I was very excited. Unfortunately, the show falls a little flat. Hmm. Um, what works for Face Off doesn't translate well here, unfortunately. Uh, and one of the reasons are the judges. Um, they really can't compare to the sci-fi judges, Glenn Hetrick, V. Neal, Neville Page. Uh, they're very bland, dry. Um, the creatures that they create on the show are awesome. Okay, the first episode not so much, but the second and third episode, great. I heard they do some really cool dark crystal stuff. In the yes, episode. Uh, uh, yeah. Now, now, don't get me wrong. The judges, uh, the, the judges are okay, but they, they're they're kind of boring. The themes are great, though. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, two weeks ago they did the dark crystal we, where they had to create their own Skeksis, and then some of them looked so amazing and. These artists, they only have these puppet, these puppet makers. They only have three days to make them. 
Um, I also don't care for how they portray the creation of the puppets. The different stages of building the creatures is kind of just thrown together. And I never get a sense of the evolution of what they're trying to create. Right. Like in sci-fi's face-off, you get a good sense of like what they're trying to create and the evolution of the, the whole process. I really wanted to love this show. Um, the first two were definitely toss-its. The third episode is actually a taste-it for me. But overall, I'm giving it a toss-it right now until they can kind of turn this around. And I really hate saying that yeah that's a shame i got i have all that on my dvr and mm-hmm. now now hearing this isn't really going to speed me getting it off <laughs> you, give the first two episodes a, a look uh the third episode you'll start to warm up on it a little bit okay it gets a lot better with the third episode uh, i think maybe that has to do with you know they're kind of getting rid of like some of the artists that were kind of conflicting <laughs> with the show and maybe weren't as good gotcha now here's a question <clears throat> did that film before john died john henson died I believe so, yeah. Do they make mention yeah. of that I, at all? I, Not yet. Okay. Not yet that I've noticed. Because, but my DVR cuts off at the end, so I don't always get to see like the end credits and I stuff like that, that if I they ever that. dedicate anything. So Dark Crystal creeped me out as a kid. Oh, I mean, Dark Crystal. <laughs> those puppets were insane. Or Muppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> insane. Like, just scared the shit out of me. So creepy and so well done. So I'd love to see a good show, but... You know, if the judges aren't there, you're not compelled really to. I'm telling you, the judges aren't that great. Um, yeah. You know, it's it, you can't compare the judges on this show. Well, you can. I mean, they're just not as good. I mean, Glenn Hetrick, Neville Page, V. Neal are fantastic. People on in the Face field Off. that actually have. Well, some. these people are in the field too, as far as like Muppets and puppets are concerned. It's just their personalities. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a reason that they're uh, <laughs> under a table with a sock puppet on their hands. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it. I, I think they're getting into their stride, though. The show's getting a little bit better. Like I said, the last episode was a taste it. Okay. But if you got two toss it episodes before that, I got to give it a toss it at right at this point. So I'm going to keep watching, though. Gotcha. How many contestants do they start with? Contestants? Uh, Just a guess. Trying to think. Maybe 10 to 12. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and like the first episode, like they had everybody pair up into like groups of three or two or no. something like gotcha. that. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Um, so this week I watched moving on next, next topic. So this week I watched a trailer for a movie coming out from Cody Knotts. Uh, no relation, I think, to Don Knotts at all. <laughs> the deputy from Barney, F- uh, you know, the Andrew Griffith show. But, uh, but he has a movie. It's called Pro Wrestlers versus Zombies. Oh, nice. Wow. Uh, Principalities of Darkness has posted the trailer online and the movie just looks silly as shit, guys. I'm telling you. But I love this kind of silly stuff, as you can tell when I talked about Kung Fury. On a period, uh, previous episode, uh, the movie stars professional wrestlers Rowdy Roddy Piper, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Matt Hardy, the franchise Shane Douglas, and Kurt Angle. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Here's the description from the website. Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies is exactly as it sounds. Sports entertainment icons and local ring talent using their signature fighting styles, athleticism, and anything they can get their hands on to fend off the undead. An an abandoned prison is the battlefield as a troop of professional wrestlers are booked for a private show only to be faced with the undead. Unfortunately for the zombie nation, they aren't just facing any group of professional wrestlers. They are facing living legends like WWE Hall of Famer Rowdy Roddy Piper, Matt Hardy, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, former ECW world champion the franchise Shane Douglas, and even Olympic medalist turned WWE and TNA world champion Kurt Angle. I watched the trailer, 
and you see wrestlers lifting zombies over their heads. <laughs> They're not going to get bit that way. <laughs> While zombies' guts just spill out. So, like, they lift them over the head, and zombie guts are just falling out like rain. Uh, There's a scene where Rowdy Rowdy Piper ironically bites a zombie. <laughs> oh, no. And says, let's see how you like it. The movie just looks like it would be fun to watch if you grew up watching these movies, like these wrestlers, like I did, um, you know, or if you even still watch the sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's one of the, it's like a, it's just a throwback to some of these old wrestlers, and watching them in a film is just going to be fun. I personally, I love Roddy Roddy Piper and They uh, Live. Yeah. I love They Live. Yeah. They Live was fantastic. John Carpenter's best movie. Yeah, I would say. yeah. <laughs> well, Big Trouble in Little China. That was yeah. good too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so definitely give the trailer a watch. It's called, uh, I don't know how they ever thought of the name, Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies. <laughs> they must have been sitting around at a round table like we are right now and like, guys, we got a movie here with uh, wrestlers and zombies. What are we going to call this? I don't know. I have no idea what we're going to call it. How about the, the Walking Wrestlers? Yeah. Let's, let's start a think tank. They th- you know, like days later. Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Who's that? Who, 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 who suggested that? I love that idea. That's great. Oh. Oh, man, that's going to be great. I imagine a lot of zombie chair shots are going to happen in that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, tables, ladders. Yeah. I love Hacksaw Jim Duggan, too. I saw him wrestle. Yeah, me too. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah, I went to. He came here a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He was cool because like I was I was supposed to go to a match which uh the the Ultimate Warrior was supposed to fight the Macho Man. Uh-huh. And it yeah. did, it didn't happen. Yeah. I was there. And uh <laughs> Hacksaw Jim Duggan uh, uh one of them couldn't show up mm. so Hacksaw Jim Duggan filled in yeah. which was It was awesome. a great match. It, it was a really great was. match. Do you guys remember when they turned Hacksaw heel? They made him Canadian. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, boo. <laughs> yeah. Uh I also want to point out rest in peace Ultimate yes. Warrior. He uh, did pass yeah. away. They're doing a tribute, I believe. That dude Just had the best interviews of all time oh yeah you can go to youtube and watch a good two hours of his nonsensical yeah he did he in did. between ring interviews he, he's snorting and like <laughs> grunting and stuff he was the, the second spirit. he was the second most popular wrestler behind hulk hogan yeah that's huge oh he was so fantastic to see man and uh um, what, what, other, oh, The Undertaker lost WrestleMania too. Oh, yeah, that was unbelievable. Which, right? which I believe, uh, you know, McMahon has said that Les, it was against Brock Lesnar who made his return to WWE after going to UFC and, and being pretty successful in UFC, but I think he injured himself. So he came back to WWE for a while and it was, it wasn't ever going to be a permanent stay, but I guess, you know, this is the first time Undertaker's ever lost a wow. WrestleMania. Wow. And McMahon said that Lesnar, uh, went against the script and he's, and that he's fired now. That, that could all just be part of their story. Yeah. That, yeah. That's not true. <clears throat> yeah. Um, under, Undertaker actually handpicked Lesnar. We found out a, Did couple, he really? a couple years ago to be the one that beat him. Oh, cool. That okay. match was terrible, by the way. Was it Undertaker really? had a concussion and couldn't even, <laughs> couldn't even perform. <laughs> wow. Basically just like laid there hazy the whole time. Uh, he's was, an amazing wrestler. Like he'll always be one of my favorites, but uh, yeah, that, that was kind of unfortunate. Um, now, I'm not sure when this movie comes out uh, or how it will be available. I have no idea. Uh, but check out ProWrestlersVsZombies.com, and I'm sure there's more info there. So. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> the franchise. I'm glad I brought this yeah, up. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> I'll talk about this for another half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake, what else you got for us, buddy? Um, I was going to talk about some movies I saw while we weren't doing the uh, the show. Um, 
lots of good animated stuff I thought last year. I was really um, surprised at how much I enjoyed both Frozen and the Lego movie. Mm. Um, Frozen's Disney's 53rd animated movie. And, um, you know, I like a lot of the old Disney stuff since I was a kid, but they really haven't done much. They really haven't done much for me lately. Um, a lot of their stuff just hasn't been up to up to snuff, and I really didn't. Wreck It Ralph. Wreck It Ralph was good. Okay. Are you talking about like Disney, not Pixar? Yeah, Disney, not Pixar. Okay. That, that makes sense. Okay. And um, but I was really blown away by Frozen. It was really great. Um, I thought the story was really good. It really played into a lot of the tropes from classic Disney movies and kind of turned a lot of the stuff on its head. You know the. The princesses knew they would fall in love with the first guy they saw, and they acknowledged that for the audience and how dumb and vapid that was. Hmm. And um, the comedy supporting character was actually funny instead of annoying. It wasn't like the Jar Jar factor with the uh, comedy supporting character. Really funny character. It's a snowman that can't wait to uh, get rid of the curse so he can experience summer for the first time and see what everyone's talking about. But which will also lead to his inevitable death because he's a snowman. So he doesn't, <laughs> that's dark. <laughs> it kind of is. He, yeah. he does a whole, he does a whole musical number. That's, it's my favorite part of the whole movie. It's so dark about how much he wants summer and to experience heat and laying in the, in the sun. <laughs> I love Disney like that. And it, I was really blown away by this movie. I regret not seeing it in the theater. And after I saw it, I, it and Gravity and Lego Movie, which I'm going to talk about in a, in a moment, were probably my three favorite movies of 2013, I would wow. say. Hmm. Go so, ahead and talk about Lego Movie. Lego Movie was great. Um, it was such a charming movie. It reminded me a lot about Toy Story in that how it acknowledged that the things lived within the human's world still, if you know what I'm saying. Like the Legos didn't exist in Lego world and there were no humans and whatnot. They were actually toys that someone collected and then would come to life when the people weren't around and everything. So like was, a toy story kind of exactly feel. like yeah. a toy story kind <laughs> of feel. Um, it had some, I won't talk about the ending cause I want people to see this, but it had a really unique kind of twist ending involving, you know, where the Legos are and everything. What about the voice talent? The I voice mean, talent was amazing. Channing Tatum, the Superman, Channing Tatum, Will Arnett as Batman mm. steals the show. Nice. I mean, he is so funny. He does. <laughs> He does such a great Batman voice. And Chris Pratt, who... Does it sound like his Job voice in Arrested Development? That's it's, what it's, I would... it's heavy, a little bit heavier. Yeah. You guys, I cannot wait till you guys see this movie. It's it's one of those movies that when it, when I can buy it, I'm going to watch it like five times the first week it comes out. I was laughing at the trailers and like, I'm such a, you know, I'm just like, I'm an adult. I can't laugh at this movie. You know what I mean? But when I saw the trailers, I, I was really laughing out loud about it because it was pretty funny. It, it, it was it, Will Arnett's Batman was in it. Oh, I love Will Arnett. Yeah, like Arrested Development. Illusions, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Tricks are for whores. Fancy sauce. <laughs> oh, it's great. Will Arnett confuses uh, Chewbacca for a woman to hit on at one point. <laughs> and it's, a, it's, it's a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. Like one of those movies, you just have a good night and right. just relax and watch something funny. Yeah. Um, I wanted to thank Joe Vitale for pro providing uh, me with a video on Facebook uh, for my next Bad Pop. I wanted to talk about the Hardee's slash Carl's Jr. Oh, commercial yes. featuring Evan Peters as Quicksilver uh, donning his silver hair, his little raver goggles, and, and that silver jacket straight out of a bedazzling session, short of hanging in Liberace's closet. BK oh, Nights. Oh, my God. 
I mean, it's, it's, uh, he's eating a breakfast sandwich and he's moving very quickly and you watch bacon fall out of this sandwich and, and he's moving so fast that he's basically watching it move in slow motion. He grabs the bacon and, and <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Like if you didn't think the costume looked dumb enough in the actual, you know, pictures that we've seen for Days of Future Past, now we get to see him eating a breakfast sandwich and wearing the same stupid costume. Watch him in slow mo. Watch him in slow mo. In that stupid outfit. <laughs> oh, he's like man. moving all fast. <laughs> yeah. You know, eating, I don't know. It looks totally disgusting, it's, whatever he's uh, doing with that burger. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm actually more excited to eat that breakfast sandwich than watch the movie <laughs> yeah. at this point. Qu- Quicksilver never breaks the five-second rule. He gets that shit on the floor <laughs> yeah, right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was totally unimpressed with that. But yeah, continue. I hope that the effects just don't look like that in the actual movie. It wasn't movie. very good. It wasn't. I hope the effects. I mean, it's a commercial, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hopefully the effects will be different in the movie than what they were. We could like, do that. Quicksilver looked really great in those Captain America mid credit scenes. I mean, the way he was moving. Yes. Shit, oh, yeah. That looked really good. Blurry. Yeah. Yeah, but this was just like... Hopefully wow. that's Car- hopefully that's Carl's Jr. effect and not 20th <laughs> right. Century's Fox's effect. Yeah, wow. I mean, come on. I like Evan Peters. I like yeah, Evan, I love yeah, Evan totally. Peters in American Horror Story. American Horror Story is fantastic. Great yeah. It. yeah, he'll be back again. Right. I wonder how much, how much Carl's Jr. paid him for this. Oh, man. Yeah. He, he they should- said, ah, you can keep the sandwich, kid. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a horrible franchise tie-in. We'll I put mean, your face on a plastic cup. You yeah. don't. You don't normally cringe at like you know like if a, there's a Batman tie-in at like McDonald's. You don't right. normally go ooh. Right. With, with this, it was like oh god, yeah. what? I, I don't. I, I don't like how Carl's Jr. has those commercials like where people are eating stuff and shits falling it's gross. out. It's <laughs> fucking nasty. I understand they're saying like oh you're gonna get like like a lot more bang for your buck here than you would at McDonald's. Like right. the sandwiches are that much bigger. Right. But it's. It's like it's fucking gross. <laughs> yeah. It's gross. It's disgusting. I don't want to see a scantily clad dressed woman eating fucking you know food and having like ketchup and like pieces of beef falling all over her tits. That's fucking gross, man. Yeah, learn how to stack a fucking sandwich, Jesus. It's just it's just another one of those board meetings where you're like, who the fuck came up with that idea? And right. then everyone's like, yes. All right, hey guys, I got a great idea for a uh, commercial here. We're gonna have a, uh, we're gonna have this beautiful woman, yeah. like, you know, Kate Upton style looking woman, okay? And she's just gonna straddle the fuck out of a fucking Hardy's burger. <laughs> it's gonna get all over her. Right. It's gonna get all over her. Oh, she's man. just, she's gonna ride this burger. And people will think, refreshing. Oh, it's, dis- <laughs> it's disgusting. It does not make me want to eat sandwiches. Right, no. Actually, it makes me want to throw out my porn collection. Right. Because <laughs> then you're like, where's the burger? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> There's no burger. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess guys like this commercial because they've been doing it for a long time. They have been, yeah. Yeah, they have been. It's. I, I mean, don't just- know. Like, what kind of guy wants to see women, like, eating burgers? And- <laughs> And fried food. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I think I, I appreciate the female form. Right. But you know, yeah, th- go ahead and throw her on the front of a, on the on the roof of a car. I don't care if I grilled it myself to perfection. Right. I don't want a girl sitting there getting it all over herself when right. she's eating it. I don't want to. The last thing I'm going to take, you know, and that I, the, the, I'm not never going to take a woman to Carl's Jr. <laughs> <laughs> where do you want to eat? Where do you want to eat? Oh. No, we're not going to Carl's no, Jr. No, not Carl's Jr. You no. can say anywhere about Carl's Jr. <laughs> yeah. You'll make a mess of yourself. Gotcha. Okay? <laughs> yeah. at, least, at least make her wear a bib or something. 
<laughs> I might have taken a girl. I mean, seriously. Are, <laughs> are you are you watching a woman eat or are you at a Gallagher show? Right. Oh, shit. And yeah. all the confusion. What am I supposed to feel here? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> am I supposed to be aroused? Right. Hungry? Yeah. <laughs> Is that too intrusive? Am I being aggressive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why am I fucking a chicken tender? Right. Yeah. <laughs> why? Okay, God forbid they serve hot dogs at Carl's Jr., right? <laughs> Do they? Oh, oh, wow. Oh, he went there. <laughs> I just spilled. Oh, oh, my oh Jesus. Oh, that's, uh, that was funny. <laughs> all right. Um, Jake, did you have anything else for us? <laughs> no, that's all I have for the good pop. The all right. Pop. I want to finish up with a couple. Uh, I want to talk about a couple movies that I saw recently. Uh, the first one was a movie I alluded to last week in our discussion, uh, Men in Black 3. Mm. Um, the second is Knights of Badassdom. Uh, Men in Black 3 uh, was a taste for me, guys. Hmm. This was a great return to the original charm in the first movie. And it was nice to see Will Smith back to his old funny self, like in the original Men in Black, and, and or even to Independence Day for that matter. Uh, the character moments between the two characters of Agent J and Agent K, they were great. Um, the scene where Agent K wanted to eat some pie and Will Smith's response was just hilarious in this movie. Uh, the first movie in the trilogy I saw in the theater, I absolutely fell in love with the characters. I enjoyed all the different alien species uh, they interacted with, and it was just a fun movie. The second movie was awful, in my opinion. I, I, I agree with everything yeah. you're saying. It's a toss-it. Yeah. Uh, this was not a return to the first film, but something new and different, but still retained the charm of Agents J and K from that first film. I also enjoyed Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords as the villain in this. Uh, definitely a taste it and a movie I would watch again. I really would. Yeah, I always forget that movie even existing, Men in Black 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. 2 was just so bad that yeah, when I'm, I was like, Oh, they're doing three. I also wanted to point out Josh Brolin did a really good job playing Tommy Lee Jones playing Agent K. Now, is Tommy Lee Jones in the movie at all? Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. The beginning and at the end again. But yeah. Oh, man. It, it was it was not a Tupperware. Man, it was a taste it. Which for saying Men in Black coming back and redeeming itself after Men in Black 2, yeah. this is a lot. I, I would recommend this. If, you, if you're a big fan of Men in Black, watch this film. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Tupperware Men in Black, toss it Men in Black too. Yeah. So. Did you miss Tommy Lee Jones' character, though? Did he play it so it well? It felt like he was there the entire okay. time. That's that's why I was hesitant to see it, because I loved their interaction in the first one, Will Smith. <laughs> but you see, you got to see how he, the character was. I don't want to give too much away, but I know it's only Men in Black, but you got to see how how his character was before he got bitter and jaded by all the things that happened right. within, you know, their agency. So it was cool. And it was cool to see a young, a younger agent K interacting with a, with, with agent J. Right. And you could also tell, and Will Smith, they come on, man, come back to us. What happened? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I miss was it Scientology. I miss him. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. mean, I don't know what happened to him. He's too serious. I miss that fun Loose, wild, fresh prints of Bel Air that we had, man. That's what yeah. you relate to is how like easy it was to like be like, that's a guy I want to hang out with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying I'm not discounting his other films where he played serious roles. I'm not discounting Ali. I'm not discounting, you know, uh the movie that he had that first movie with his kid. What was that where oh, like, Bagger uh, Vance? No, 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 with his kid, his actual kid, where they were living 
they were poor and like they had the scene when they were in the bathroom. Oh, damn and, it. I don't remember the name. Um, but it was a great movie. I can look that up. I'm not discounting any of that stuff. I just want to see Will Smith being Will Smith the way he used to be. The yeah. fun, loving. And that was good. You got that again in this movie. And that's what made this movie so much fun. Was that Six Degrees of Separation? Was that no, the- that was his first serious role. Okay. I, I, this is this comes much later. It, it feels like there was a point in his career where he... Oh, uh, The Pursuit of Happiness. The Pursuit, Sorry. Of, happiness. pursuit of Happiness, yeah. yeah. There, there, it seemed like there was a point in his career where he started taking himself super seriously, yeah. and that's what ruined it for me. It was it's like, dude, I understand like you've got acting chops, like no one's taking that away from right. you. But you know, we grew up watching you on television. Not to say you always need to be like that, but yeah. don't take yourself Come so back. damn seriously. Come all back time. to us every once yeah. in a while. Show us that Will Smith we fell in love with because it seems more real. That's because like there are actors like Will Smith that can do everything. Like you know, Tom Hanks, he can do everything. Yeah, yeah. And then there's actors like Jim Carrey that find out that, like, I can't do everything. Yeah. Jim Carrey needs to stick with what he's good at. Right. Yeah, there's exceptions. I love The Truman Show. I like The Truman Show. But I'm saying, I'm saying, like, there, guys, I'll be honest with you. I didn't like Ace Ventura, the first one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I didn't like it. I didn't like Cable Guy. I like Cable Guy. I love Cable I Tupperware, Tupperware Cable yeah. Guy. I didn't like it. I watched it once. I'll never watch it again. Mm. That's just me. That's my opinion. Yeah. But, I know, he, he, but see, that's the stuff that people love him for. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I like The Majestic, you know? Yeah. I, I, to this day, I can't tell you what it's about, but I remember <laughs> watching it and liking it. <laughs> but, like, there's actors like Jim Carrey that, like, they try to do these serious roles. Like, what did he try to do? He tried to do uh, – well, he did Man of the Moon. He did a good job. Andy Kaufman. Yeah, he yeah, was great Andy in Kaufman. that. But he did um, the, the horror movie, the, the number 23. 23, yeah. And, like, you know, I mean, after these movies do badly, he takes it so bad and then he just, like, goes off into his little hole, his yeah. Jim Carrey hole, and, like, doesn't – you know, he's been hurt. He's butt hurt by all this bullshit. Yeah. And, and now – and, and then he doesn't want to come back. Well, you know, and Jim, you're a funny fucking guy. I don't care what anybody says. He's funny. Oh, yeah. Like if you watch him in interviews and shit, he's funny. Like, you know, right there. Bam. In the interview, he's a funny guy. Yeah, he's very quick witted. Yeah. Always, always with the totally good, snappy unlike, line. Yeah, yeah. Totally unlike Will Ferrell. Yeah. Will Ferrell's like funny when it's all scripted out, when he's had time to plan it and stuff like that. But you talk to Will Ferrell in the interview, he's not going to blow you away. With laughs. It all has to be scripted and stuff. Well, Jim Carrey is a funny guy. I, and, and he sells himself short in some of these movies. He needs to tackle stuff that he's good at. Like, I liked him in Kick-Ass 2. Mm-hmm. I loved oh, yeah. him in Kick-Ass yeah. 2. But what do you, you, you guys agree? Oh, I absolutely. Do, I do agree. Yeah, they, they had him on um, – I watched a comedy roundtable on Netflix with him and uh, – Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, yes. Chris Rock. And it was so miserable, except for when Jim Carrey was talking. Yeah, Bill Hader was the host. Yeah, and it's just like you think this is going to be really imp- compelling conversation. It's going to be funny. None of it was funny unless oh, Jim God. Carrey was involved. Jim Carrey <laughs> None was of it. so good. And in I that. love all those guys. Yeah, I love all those guys. But yeah. when Jim Carrey spoke, it's like, yep, energy in the room. Like that's right. what he's good at. That's what he is. Right. And people, you know, I've been, I've done it in my life where I don't accept the gifts I've been given. You know, you think, well, I can do more than that or whatever. Right. And maybe you can, but. You know, focus on those things that you really know are great about you. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not trying to say I don't like Jim Carrey. I'm not trying to say I don't like Will Smith. No. But yeah. I know I know what I like him in. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Carrey's kind of dropped off the face of the earth. I mean... Man, he was huge. Yeah, just... I mean, Will Smith is doing at least different stuff. Maybe not stuff that we like, but yeah. Jim Carrey's just straight up disappeared. Yeah. It's That's a, unfortunate. It's a shame. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber 2, though. Yeah. 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 Possible carnage. Just a rumor. Oh wow! Yeah, I, didn't, I had not heard that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a couple months ago. Huh? 
Uh, second movie I wanted to talk about was uh, Knights of Badass Them. Uh, this was a movie that was uh, kind of stuck in post-production limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping to get on here and say that it was worth the wait. Aww. This was a huge toss-it for me. Um, now, mind you, this is the studio cut. It's not the director's cut, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie, it stars Ryan Quantin from True Blood, which I love. Uh, Peter Dinklage of Game of Thrones. Uh, he's also going to be in X-Men Days of Future Past as, uh, you know, Trask. Trask. Uh, and Steve Zahn, which I'm a huge yes. Steve Zahn fan. Yes. Uh, this movie lacked those funny mo- moments, uh, that were released in that, uh, hilarious trailer, uh, that made this movie look like it was just going to be as funny as, uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Uh, unfortunately, this movie was pretty awful, in my opinion. That's um, a shame. I talked to John Woods. John Woods, uh, he's a listener. He gave it a taste it. Okay. Uh, but I, I do have to give it a toss it. This is, you know, my opinion, unfortunately. It was a toss it. The effects were poor and the overall story was just clunky and it didn't flow. And, and I kept thinking to myself as I was watching this, when are we going to get to the funny stuff? I kept thinking, like, when is it going to start getting funny? Because, like, I remember the trailer and how that trailer was just so hilarious. Because they pre premiered that trailer back in like 2010 or 11 at Comic Con, yeah, and people just loved it. They went crazy apeshit over this fucking trailer. Like, oh my god, this is so funny! And I kept waiting and waiting for the movie to come out, and never did. And then when it came out and I watched it, it was just not worthy of that of that trailer at all. And I got to give it a toss. It unfortunately. That's disappointing, especially when you have to wait when it was held up for so long, yeah. like fucking four years or whatever, before we got to right. see it after the trailer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's available on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, yeah. I mean, if you want to check it out, check it out. But it, it just did not compare to that trailer. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch – seriously, before you watch the movie, I want you to go online, go to YouTube, watch the trailer for this. You'll be pumped to see the movie. And then it totally let the wind out of your sail as soon as you actually watch the, watch the actual film. Because like and uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Oh yeah, with Tyler. I did not see it. Yeah. If you love Evil Dead, and Army of Darkness, watch Dale and Tucker versus Evil. You'll love it. I will. I will. I'm a huge fan of Tyler Labine, and he has a new series on Hulu that I am going to watch, and I am going to talk about it on Good Pop, Bad Pop next week. I'm a huge fan of Tyler Labine. He is so funny. What is that series called? It's called Deadbeat. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's a Hulu series, and I'm gonna watch the I'm gonna watch the premiere of that, and I'm gonna let everybody know what I thought about Deadbeat with Tyler Levine. But um, yeah, toss it, toss it for Knights of Badass. Some, Damn it, the studio cut. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer, and then I totally forgot about it until we brought it up yeah. today. I didn't even know it was out, so uh, that sucks. Yeah, it, it does. seems like they had a good idea, and then somebody got their hands involved in it. And the studio, yeah, I mean, it's a studio cut. It's not the director's cut, so we're not seeing the director's vision. It was very clunky, like I said. And yeah, I, I think given the you know they're a director for a fucking reason. Yeah, you give it to the studio, this is what you're going to get. Okay. Yeah, nine out of ten times. So. It's been held up forever, too. Dinklage filmed that before he filmed the first episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take another break. We'll come back. We're going to come back with our news segment. Then we're still going to do t- Catching Up with the Leftovers. All right, hey, we're back. We're going to do our news segment now. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the news stories that come out. And then later on, after our news segment, we're going to do our Catching Up with the Leftovers. Um, but uh, to start off the news segment, got a little bit of quick news I wanted to go over. 
FXX. It's the new station. FX has their own, you know, main station. Now they've got FXX, which they air like, you know, stuff like, uh, Wilfred and like, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, they plan to show every episode of The Simpsons in a marathon starting on August 21st through Labor Day. Wow. That's 12 days. That's 552 episodes. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> that's huge. That's wow. like that's crazy. Get your caffeine ready. How can yeah? How can anyone sit through that? Somebody's yeah. going to. Though. I hope you have a DVR and then an external hard drive. Yeah, hooked, <laughs> hooked up to your Dish Network to, to get all that. That's, that's intense. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, The Simpsons, uh, a complete marathon of every season. Isn't that like twenty? We're on like twenty one, twenty two seasons. Further now? than that, I God, I want to say twenty five, twenty six. Well, yeah, they came out in eighty nine. Yeah, the, the movie was right around twenty one, and it's already been a few years from season twenty five is what we're on right yeah, now. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Wow. I, I, you know, and we lost Mrs. Krabappel. Very sad. I heard yeah. they did a great tribute episode for her. Yeah. Um, guys, next story. Free comic book day is always the first Saturday in May. So this year it will fall on May 3rd. If you're not a comic reader, but are interested in possibly picking up some titles, this is a great time to get into them. So what is free comic book day? It's exactly what it suggests. Uh, you go to your local comic shop and you can get select free comic book day books for, you guessed it, fucking free. <laughs> now, lots of shops will be offering great sales, so it might be a good time to pick up some trades or figures as well. Uh, so let's take a look at some of the comics that are coming out on free comic book day. We'll start off with the kids' comics. So if you have kids and you want to be the coolest mom or dad around, or aunt or uncle, uh, then you can pick up Hello Kitty and Friends, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Kaboom has a comic uh, with the Cartoon Network characters uh, like Adventure Time, Steven Universe, Regular Show. Uh, now there's also a SpongeBob SquarePants comic, the Smurfs, Teen Titans Go!, Sonic the Hedgehog, Mega Man Flipbook number one, and an Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck comic. So, yeah, I mean, and they're free. Yeah. Yeah. I'd get the Mighty Morphin uh, Power Rangers myself, but. Yeah, any, any kid would love you if you take them to free comic book day because yeah. they're going to have a handful of free merch walking yeah. out of that store. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, so let's list off the other books. Uh, these are books that I was personally interested in. I'm not going to go over all of them. But uh, DC has the new 52 Futures and Special Edition. Mm. There's a Guardians of the Galaxy book. This next one I'm totally pumped for and cannot wait to start reading. I've read like a few of the teaser pages. It looks fantastic. Uh, there's a, I read like a, a page that had Duke interacting with Starscream and I'm talking about Transformers versus G.I. Joe. Yeah. Cannot wait for oh, it. Oh yeah. Oh he's look are you looking at the cover? Yeah, I am looking at the cover. Oh uh, it's dude. Weird. That's so old school. I love it. Yeah, I know that the Transformers and G.I. Joe, they've had comics in the past together, but like this is Transformers versus G.I. Joe. Cool. And it just looks amazing. And like some of the characters that are gonna team up, you might not think that they would team up. You know, yeah. it, it just looks really And bad. it's all the old school designs, yeah, too, of the is. characters. It's Generation 1 shit. Very cool. Is that going to be a maxi series? Is how- Ongoing. Ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, there's a all, rac- all Rocket Raccoon comic. 
Uh, all, uh, there's an Armor Hunter Special Number One, which is a Valiant uh, book. It's from the Unity series. So if you are reading Unity from Valiant, you definitely want to pick this up. I mean, um, I'm reading Unity. I love it. It's absolutely fantastic. So definitely check that book out. There's a Buck Rogers comic, uh, Project Black Sky, which is a new Captain Midnight story. It's from mm. Dark Horse Comics, part of their hero initiative. Since they're losing Star Wars, they're bringing back some of these old heroes from like, you know, the 30s and 40s. And, uh, Captain Midnight is one of them. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Street Fighter number zero. Uh, IDW's V Wars, um, which, uh, New York Times bestselling horror author Jonathan Mayberry presents the chronicle of the first vampire war in V Wars. This all new tale leading into this summer's ongoing V Wars series offers the first in the battle between humans and hundreds of new species of vampires. Hmm. And then Action Lab Comics has Zombie Tramp and M-Theory in one issue, which I've been reading M-Theory. It's kind of a fun comic, and that's from Action Lab Comics. So these are just a few of the comics that are available. So if you're interested, then head out to your local comic shop and check out these great titles. You can also head out to freecomicbookday.com and look at all the books there. And they also have a handy comic book shop locator there where you can find the nearest shop near you. Can I add something real quick? Yes. Also, the uh, first issue of that All You Need Is Kill comic book. Ava- oh, really? Available on Free Comic Book nice. Day. Very so, cool. Yeah, Jake talked about that earlier, the uh, Tom Cruise uh, Edge of Tomorrow tie-in. So they've got that comic book coming out. That's that's pretty cool. First issue for free on the May 2nd? Yeah. Is it's, that the cover? Uh, uh, free Comic Book Day. Oh, yeah. Falls on May 3rd. It's a Saturday. Saturday, gotcha. Yeah, so definitely check that out. I mean, yeah, if you're not reading comics and you want to get into them, just find out when they open, show up when the doors open. You get one copy of each book. You could walk out with one copy of every book that they have. Easily 20-plus books you'll walk out of there. Oh, easily. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great jumping-on point, too, for people that, like you said, that haven't been reading stuff regularly, then... You can jump on new series from different, you know, Marvel, DC, Impact, Valiant, all these places. Yeah, Simpsons has their own Bongo comics. They're coming out with one this year too. Oh yeah, get there early though. They always (laughs) the good stuff always goes fast. Yeah, yeah. I was there, like the shop that I went to. They opened at ten, and I I grabbed a bunch of titles from them, and then um, I wanted to double up, so I went to the next comic shop, (laughs) and I got doubles of certain issues. So, but yeah, check that out. Jay, what do you got for us? Um, I just wanted, since it's coming up here shortly, I wanted to discuss some of the uh, amazing Spider-Man news and um, basically, you know, what's going to happen after this movie, not necessarily what's going on in this one particularly because, you know, I think we've all talked about that before. You know, there's trailer after trailer after trailer. So, you know, where are they going with this? Well, you know, the speculation, and I think everyone knows this, is that Sinister Six is the continuation. Yeah. That this is kind of an introduction to a new almost trilogy of movies that they're talking about introducing this supervillain team. Um, and well, they've got, they, they've got them all set up to go out to Spider-Man four, which will not be directed by Mark Webb. Right. They've also got the, you know, yeah, you'll probably talk about it. The, yeah, the sinister six movie and then a venom movie. Yeah. Yeah. So venom and, and sinister six are both being talked about. Um, apparently, um, there was released, uh, just a daily bugle, uh, bulletin, uh, image that was written by Eddie Brock talking about um, 
Carnage, the character of Carnage before he's Carnage. You want me to read that? Yeah, yeah, if you got it. Yeah, I do. Uh, It's called Killer Cassidy Caught by Eddie Brock. Yeah, this was released on uh, Tumblr, has a site for the Daily Bugle, and they post rumors. Uh, It's the site, it's associated with Spider-Man, and uh, of course the Daily Bugle is the paper that Spidey works for as Peter Parker. Now, the latest entry is about the arrest of Cletus Cassidy. Uh, it's written by Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock is Venom, of course, and Cassidy is Carnage. Carnage is a villain much like Venom, but he's more evil. Now, the article, it states, um, the greater New York tri-state area got a whole lot safer yesterday. Captured late last night, Cletus Cassidy, escaped serial killer and notorious redhead, was eerily calm and subdued when he eagerly surrendered to the FBI. The manhunt for the FBI's most wanted felon ended innocuously in a small strip mall outside of New Rochelle, New York. A barista at a local coffee shop recognized Cassidy and eventually called the police. The barista apologized to reporters, later admitting she didn't immediately alert authorities, hoping Spider-Man would beat them to the scene. What can I say? I'm a huge fan. (laughs) Cassidy had been sentenced to 12 life sentences for the 12 murders he committed, but he escaped while being transported between federal prisons. Sources say Cassidy has been remanded to Ravencroft Institute for further interrogation until he is relocated to a maximum security federal prison. While the barista didn't get her wish, we know Spider-Man thanks her, as we all do. For now, it appears that Cassidy won't be causing any more carnage. (laughs) So we already know that there's going to be a Venom spinoff, like I said, uh, that will be written and directed by Alex Kurtzman. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll see a Flash Thompson take on Venom, the Venom Venom symbiote, and then team up. Possibly, are you guessing teaming up with Spider-Man to take on Carnage in a future film? Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I was going to talk about next. Now, um, the the writer and the director, um, well, let's see where they at. Av Arad and uh, Matt uh, Tolmach. And I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, of course. <laughs> Naturally. <Yeah. laughs> um, they've been talking about the spinoff of The Sinister Six, and, you know, this is common knowledge, like I said. Um, but what's not common knowledge, and, you know, even Andrew Garfield has stated, what about the Avengers for villains? And so what these guys are saying is that maybe Sinister Six is going to be more of a redemption story rather than uh, just a flat-out villain team-up against, you know, Spider-Man. That's interesting. Right. Which I'm kind of, I'm kind of behind. Yeah. Actually, because, um, it, it more explores the rogues gallery of Spider-Man, which is great. Yeah. Just as great as Spider-Man is his villains. Right. And any great comic book character, that's how it is. They make him great. Yeah. They make yeah. him what he is and he reflects in them and they reflect in him. So what they're saying even with Venom is like, don't you think people would find it more interesting if this was a story of redemption? We're not saying these guys are flat out villains. Now, some of them probably are, but some are less so than others where yeah. you, where they find that. And I think Venom is one of those characters that absolutely, and even in the comics, he's become an anti-hero. He's become a hero before. You know? Right. Now, I have a question. Is Venom going to be part of the movie Sinister Six? Is that the go-ahead? Is I that- think it's going to be separate. Okay. Um, and... Uh, Drew Ger- Drew Goddard is doing the Sinister Drew Goddard. Star- Goddard. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Drew Goddard, uh, he is confirmed as the director of Spider-Man yeah, uh, yeah. Sinister Six. So, I, li- I like Drew Goddard. Drew yeah. Goddard's great. He's a big-time Josh Whedon partner. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, yeah. did yeah. Angel. Yep, right. Yeah. And so that I think that's a great sign, uh, and I think he's perfect to take a team of people that you might not necessarily think you're going to like 
and make them likable. And I think we're going to see some of that show itself with Electro and some of the other stuff going on in, in uh, Amazing Spider-Man. 3. Yeah, really flesh out those characters. Sorry, yeah, flesh them out. And like I said, I think that is a better thing to do than having a flat-out war between Spider-Man and the Green Goblin. Some brainless fucking movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's the thing. That's why people like to see Thor and Loki, because they fleshed out Loki so well in those movies. It allows you to continue <clears throat> to talk about these characters. Right. And just, you know, instead of, we're coming head-to-head -head in this movie. Right. You know? Yeah. Now, uh, we found out that Venom and Sinister Six, those movies are coming out before um, Amazing Spider-Man 4. Yeah. His, his, the name Spider-Man may not even be attached to these movies. Wow. So they might not he might not be in them at all. Yeah. And wow. they're they're not confirming or denying that he will be, but I think it'd be best. I mean, I think we've seen this in the comic series where they explore Venom and they explore the the members of the Sinister Six or any of his rogue galleries, even like the B list guys that they've made so cool by telling their story. Yeah. And you don't see that in a lot of movies, like even you know, with the Dark Knight, and we've we've seen like fan made films that flesh out what the Joker really is about, or like his origin. We don't get to see that. Yeah, we get to see it in fan made stuff, and it's always pretty cool. You know? No, this is cool. This is one thing that they're doing differently than Marvel Studios. Exactly. At this point. Yeah. yeah. I got to tell you, I'm more excited for these Spider Man spinoff films than I am for the actual oh. Spider Man main through line. Yeah. Well, they don't even know what they're going to do with Spider-Man 4 at this point until until they get done with the uh, Venom movie and then the. Uh, uh, the Venom and then the Sinister Six. It's totally up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt Tolmach of Den of Geek told Den of Geek recently in an interview, before we know what we do with Spider-Man 4, we're going to do Sinister Six, Venom, and Spider-Man 3. There is going to be a lot of crossover in those movies. So we're not just, so we're just not at Spider-Man 4. Because we still have a whole other Spider-Man movie and two other movies. So we don't know yet what Spider-Man 4 is going to be. Hopefully not Spider Clone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that would just be insane. It's um, it's kind of you know it's kind of not reassuring that they don't know because you know Marvel's got it fleshed out. I, I, you know they know what they're doing. I know? think like Venom and Sinister Six I think is going to lead into Spider Man Four, like what I talked about earlier. That he's going to find out through Venom and then the Sinister Six that he needs just more than himself. He needs to team up with maybe Flash Thompson to go after against. You know, Carnage or something like that for Spider-Man Four. Right. So, what's the timeline here? Are we going to get these spinoffs between two and three, or after three? After three, I believe. Okay, then you, I think you're on it, Brian, with what the story's going to be. I think so. Yeah. I think it's it's those. I think it's Spider-Man One, Two, Three. Then you're looking at uh, either the Venom movie and then Sinister Six, and then then we're going to get into Spider-Man Four. Gotcha. That's interesting. Sinister Six. What a weird concept to not even have a hero in it, and it's a Sinister Six movie. Yeah, but a story of redemption. Yeah, well, yeah, where's it go where's it going to lead? Is it going to be them, you know, teaming up to do something evil and then something good comes of it? Like we don't know what what exactly that story could be. It's 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 Maybe. way it's way more interesting to me than what could continue after he beats the shit out of all. Of Maybe it. it's a story about finding Rhino a new costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, even in the trailers, it's a joke. You already know he's going to be defeated. Yeah, and it's just like, why is he even in there? You know. I think they could do something so much cooler with the costume, and I'm not talking about having him in the fucking like you the know Jaeger suit. Yeah, but I'm saying they could do something cooler with it. I yeah. mean, it can be a mix of like the suit and bonded with his body. And, you know, maybe have a little bit of mech in it. But, I mean, it just looks like a Pacific Rim yeah. 
You know, like, oh, okay, there's uh, Paul Giamatti's face in a robot. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's right. bullshit. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Ever since you said the line about a Jaeger taking a shit and Paul Giamatti climbing it, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's ruined my perception of it. Don't get me wrong, this movie does look pretty fucking badass in IMAX 3D, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm semi excited about it after seeing yeah. that. Um, let's see here. Uh, do you have any more news on Spider Man? Um, no, but you know, just it just seems to me that, and what I find interesting about it is keeping me on board with wanting to see it is that this is a different Spider Man than the comic books. This is different than even like the Ultimate Universe version of him. Uh, he's kind of a created thing, you know what I mean? And all these guys, all these villains, appear to be kind of the same thing. They're flawed people. And they're given these powers. They're, you know, engineered to have these things. And, uh, I think that's more interesting than making it all kind of haphazard. And <laughs> this just happened. He accidentally got bit by a spider. You know, how did Octavius get his arms? I think this makes more sense. It's more, it's gonna, I think it's gonna tell a better story because it's more grounded in reality. Yeah. The humor in this next movie looks good. Yeah. I mean, I like the, 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 like the scene of him, like doing the laundry scene, you know? Yeah. And then like, uh, the fact that he's like all dirty and stuff like that. And then Aunt May is like, you know, what happened? And he's like, I was cleaning the chimney. And she's like, we don't have a chimney. Right. <laughs> right. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think the humor looks good. That's I want to see that out of Peter Parker, but it's, I don't want them taking these weird liberties with costumes and stuff like right. that. Right, and that that's a hard thing for me going from Tobey Maguire to Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Is I think Tobey Maguire is more funny, you know, just naturally. Yeah, yeah. Than Andrew Garfield, he's he's still kind of he seems kind of rigid sometimes. I still don't think we've got the right Peter Parker. No, uh, yeah, I hate Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker. <sighs> Nick Robinson, yeah. where are you? Yeah. He would be perfect. Just saying. Uh, let's talk about some X-Men news. Uh, producers Lauren Schuler Donner and Simon Kinberg suggest that Gambit, Deadpool, and Mystique could get their own movies. Uh, in talking with Entertainment Weekly, Donner said there was a regime at the studio that didn't see the worth in spinoffs. And the current people who run Fox understand, embrace it, and we're doing, t- we're trying, we're going to do it right. I'd like to do Gambit. I'd like to do Deadpool. We'll see. There's a lot of really great characters. Donner then named Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique as a character she wanted to get a solo film. So, (laughs) what? (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Do you want to see that? I like Jennifer Lawrence, but a Jennifer Lawrence solo Mystique film? I mean, the Brian K. Vaughn Mystique solo book was excellent. Yeah, I I love that book. Well, I mean, if if they have like an adaptation, maybe. But I mean. You know, I love Jennifer Lawrence. I think that's what they're doing. She's a big draw. Yeah, I mean, if she's willing to do it, then pull that trigger, make yeah. that money. I just, um, I just don't know that I'm. A, you know, I love her character. I love you know Mystique, who she is, and yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. But I mean, what kind of stories are we looking at telling? You know? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she just seems kind of a pretty face, and they just want to exploit it. Maybe. Well, these gotta happen. <laughs> these gotta happen ever after 2018 because they've got movies slated until then, until Fox, unless they want to start making two movies a year like Marvel Studios, right? Yeah. So this is way down the road. Uh, Simon Kinberg, he then went on to say, I love what Jennifer Lawrence has done with her, uh, talking about the character of Mystique. And I feel like because she is in such a crowded ensemble, there's so much more opportunity if you were to follow her solo. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that they're just kind of like banking on like, oh, we might lose Hugh Jackman soon. Uh, who do we have in the stable? Oh, we got Fassbender and we've got Mystique as Jennifer Lawrence, you know? Right. I feel, I feel like just like kind of the Captain America movie still had other characters besides Cap. That's kind of the route they would have to go if they did a Mystique movie. I mean, you're still going to have a couple other characters in there, I think. Right. Yeah. God knows fucking who, but. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, you guys liked the last Wolverine movie, and I, I didn't like it. I gave it a toss it. Yeah. And I mean, you liked it more than the one before that, though, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. But, um, I mean, for me, it just, it, it, it didn't flow well. I think when they did try to introduce the, the Viper as the other mutant, it just didn't fit with the, the kind of grounded, uh, story that they were trying to tell. And then towards the end, when they fought that silver samurai, you know, in the mecha uh, costume, it just felt like this was not the same movie I was watching. And then when Wolverine was fighting those ninjas at the end of the movie, I wanted them to kick their asses and get up to the tower instead of being taken down. I didn't, I didn't, we're talking about Wolverine. Right, there. right. Yeah. You know, we're talking about Wolverine. Yeah. And being, seeing him, seeing those guys taking him down pissed me off. Don't make me change my mind. All right. Because right. <laughs> it might. <laughs> All right. You guys, X-Men Days of Future Past, it comes out on May 23rd, and you can bet your ass that we're going to be reviewing that movie when it comes out. X-Men Apocalypse, it comes out May 27th, 2016, and then The Wolverine 2 is out March 3rd, 2017. Uh, the director is coming back for that one. That's a terrible title for that name. Hopefully it's not The Wolverine 2. No, it's it's untitled. It's untitled. It's untitled. Uh, do you guys kind of think that Fox is kind of jumping the gun and hoping that Days of Future Past is a hit? I mean, guys, they're banking on a lot with this movie. I mean, if it fails, do you think the studio is going to go forward with, you know, these movies? I mean, they will not. I I can see them going forward with Wolverine 2. It, it, was, it was successful. Yeah. But will – you know what I mean? Is Hugh Jackman going to want to be – is he going to want to come back if – okay. I don't think Days of Future Past is going to fail by any means no. financially because you got Hugh Jackman coming back. But critically, it could fail. Yeah, I, I agree. I I don't know. I think it's – I don't like how they're talking so much about Apocalypse before we've even seen Days yeah. of Future Past. Yeah. It's like, slow down. Well, they're doing the same thing Sony's doing with Spider-Man. Right. Spider I mean, fucking Sony's like got movies slated way far out there. I, I think they force you to want – it's just like comic books. They force you to want to continue with that story even right. if it sucks right now. And they're know? teasing you with the name Apocalypse because yeah. we know Apocalypse is an awesome villain. In it's the another universe. reason for you to want to watch X-Men Days of Future Past yeah. to see why they're going to tie that in. Yeah. Is there going to be a mid credit scene where we're going to get to see the first Apocalypse reveal? Right. Yeah. And I, I mean I have wanted Apocalypse in a movie forever. That's That's for sure. It's just a bit of a cop out, yeah. you know. It's yeah. like we haven't even seen it. We don't even know if this is good. Right. But now I have to see it because I do right. want to see Apocalypse. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Apocalypse is like their version of Thanos. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can see that. Um in a talk with Entertainment Weekly, Brian Singer, who's the director of uh you know, Days of Future Past and he's attached to X-Men Apocalypse. And also Simon Kinberg, they tease details about the follow-up X-Men Days of Future Past film 
the film X-Men Apocalypse. Singer said it would be somewhat based on the comic book Age of, Aco- uh, Age of Aco- uh, Apocalypse, which that makes sense that Singer would say it would be somewhat based because yeah. <laughs> that motherfucker doesn't take liberties when it comes to properties, right? I'm, yeah. su- I'm surprised it's even somewhat fucking based <laughs> off of it. <laughs> I'm sure he just like flipped through the book. It has an X in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, the Age of Apocalypse comic was from the 90s he said it but won't necessarily create an alternate universe but there may be some swapping things that I'm playing with <laughs> um, and the link between Days of Future Past and Apocalypse won't be so direct he says you won't feel at the end of the movie that it's set up Apocalypse what it does set up is possibilities but what we'll discover in Apocalypse is that events in this movie made that ha- the events in this movie made that happen. Apocalypse deals with ancient mutancy. What would humans have thought mutants were? What would mutants think humans were? You're dealing with gods and things like that. And what if one survived? And what if they found? And what if that found its way into our world? Mm-hmm. Kinberg then spoke about the scale of the film, saying. From a visual standpoint, it actually may be bigger than Days of Future Past because there will be disaster movie imagery like the title would imply. Right. There definitely might be a disaster. Right. (laughs) Yeah. See, this is the kind of thing I was just saying. Don't say stuff like, well, this next movie after the movie that hasn't even come out yet is going to (laughs) be – even visually bigger than the, the movie that you haven't even yeah. seen yet. Right. Yeah. Wait until you see. Okay, we've got a turd coming out. Right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But wait until you, but wait until you see the massive shit we've got for you. Yeah. It's, in a couple of years, it's even more visually turd-like than this right. other one. Right. Slow yeah. down, Jesus yeah. Christ. I mean, we had a little bit of Chipotle on the last one, but oh my God, we have ingested so much fucking Taco Bell for this next film. Wait until you see this massive shit we got called Apocalypse. Oh. It may even be a bigger movie than Days of Future Past. What a what a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it may be a bigger movie than that. I'm pretty sure it will be. <laughs> Oh. We're gonna throw so much shit in there. Oh Jesus! <laughs> every character from every X title ever. <laughs> but then we'll still delete the rogue scene. Two second cameos. Rogue's not gonna be there. <laughs> she was looking ugly in the scene. We got rid of her. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, because there'll be disaster movie imagery, like the title implies, doesn't the title Days of Future Past fucking describe the same fucking thing? He has no idea what he's talking about. What? When is there more disaster than Days of Future Past? Yeah, it's the most like... All Everybody the, dies. Every building is torn. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be a just have, it's gonna have disaster movie imagery unlike that last movie based off the fucking disaster. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're doing everything right, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Total faith. Oh my gosh. Uh, hey, at least we get to see Dinklage in this as Bolivar Trash. I'm excited about that. That's cool. Yeah, that's about it. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, they, uh, we also have word that we will see Gambit. And Nightcrawler make appearances, so mm. possibly Channing Tatum, uh, who has expressed interest in the role. Um, he, 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 I guess he's from a Creole background, his father, and so he loves the character of Gambit. He's expressed interest in playing uh, uh, Gambit in, in these films. So. In Apocalypse? 
in Apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then also Nightcrawler. Um, I'm, what I'm hoping what they do with Nightcrawler uh, is they have him be completely CGI and they use motion capture, unlike the last film. I like the last actor. I can't remember his name, but yeah. he, he did a decent job. I want to see a completely CGI Nightcrawler, and I want him to look like he does in the comics. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, kind of spooky. Yeah. And, Spooky eyes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want him to. I want him to bamf all over the place. <laughs> well, just wait for the fourth movie in this X Men series. There's going to be so much. <laughs> oh my god! Be Twenty <laughs> Nightcrawlers. Twenty Gambits. <laughs> There's going to be so much destruction. So much more destruction than Age of, of and, Apocalypse. Yeah. And guess what? Beast. <laughs> Kelsey yeah. Grammer is coming back for Days of Future Past. If oh, you hadn't heard, oh, guys, geez. we've already got pictures from X Men Apocalypse. Of the beast, <laughs> will will beast meet beast? I gotta assume. Oh that's god, I hope happen. so. Yeah, the more blue mutants, the better. <laughs> All right, hey, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna come back with catching up with the leftovers. Unless, did you have any more news, Jay? I just wanted to mention this because. Yeah, you know, I know there's a lot of Deadpool fans out there. Yeah, um, Deadpool 27 set a new Guinness World Record um, recently. Uh, he just had a. They just put out this huge wraparound cover that's not going to fit on any conventional shelf. It's huge. Uh, it's a wraparound cover for Deadpool 27. Um, it's his wedding issue where he's getting married. Um, hugely oversized Deadpool 27 detailing the Merc with the Mouse dysfunctional wedding day hit shelves today with a unique addition to its cover, an official Guinness World Record stamp. Um, Scott Kib- Kibbish, Scott Kibbish's cover featuring... You're so good with names. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you are. Why, that's why I'm on the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Gibberish? Shot Uh Featuring... <laughs> So professional. Yeah. His name is Scott. Said that, let's just call him Scott. Uh, good old Scott. He put that out, and he got he got 232 residents of the Marvel Universe on the cover. It's a very cool cover. He's got a picture of it yeah. there. Let me see this. It's pretty much, you know. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Totally cool. 232 characters. holds. He now holds the records for the most characters on a single It's funny how you cover. can like look at this from a distance, but you can still like just see, oh, there's Thing. Yeah, you can there's, see the Thing right yeah. there. Yeah, there's Wolverine. the Watcher. You George, know? George Perez has to be pissed. I know. That's what I, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to bring up. George Perez did all those really cool group you know, pictures for like DC Justice League, you'd see all oh, just hundreds of characters and you would stare at it for like hours when you got it as a kid. It's like, oh man, oh. there's that guy, there's that guy. It's the same thing. And yeah, it was, it is. I think it was a really good, I, I mean, his name was not brought up in this article, but it it's not like Deadpool's not selling. He has like a following like yeah. crazy. Is, uh, Dugan, uh, Jerry Dugan still writing that? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. With Brian Posehn, right? Brian Posehn yes. was writing it. Yeah. I don't, they were writing it together in tandem. Yeah. 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 As, far, yeah as far as I know, Brian Posehn, you'd remember him. Brian, what's like his biggest thing? Like he was, <laughs> he marries Reed Richards and Invisible yeah, Woman in yeah. the Fantastic Four sequel, but well, he was also in, uh, Mr. Show. Yes. He was also on the Sarah Silverman show. Yep. Uh, he was in, uh, was he in News Radio? Um, I don't know if he was in news radio. Was that he? He used to be somebody that worked Joe in Rogan an office. Was. He used to work in an office on one of these shows. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. He was in some sitcom. I don't remember which. Yeah. I love Brian Posehn. He's I a great dude. Too. Great stand-up comic yeah. too. 
I've so. seen him here in Peoria, local. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. really good. He talks to everybody. I had the pleasure of meeting him. So just a shout out. If you guys want to listen to some funny comedy, Brian Posehn for sure. Oh, yeah. And he's a geek. Yeah, he totally, totally is a geek. I love him. <laughs> Definitely. Love him. Yeah. All right. Um, let me let me go ahead. We're going to pause. We're going to come back with our catching up with the leftovers. Fucking old school. Damn, these beats are so fresh. Snap! All right, hey guys, we're back. Uh, we're going to have our catching up with the leftovers, and then we're going to wrap this up. So I hope you've enjoyed what we've had the uh, first, I don't know, God, we've gone on like two hours. <laughs> so yeah. I hope you've enjoyed it, but we're going to have our catching up with the leftovers. This is where we uh, talk about, you know, some of the things that we haven't been able to talk about, uh, you know, in our hiatus. Uh, what we're going to talk about first is we're going to talk about the movies that we've, uh, that we're looking most forward to this summer. Uh, we're not going to include Cap, uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, because we've already seen it and reviewed it. And if you haven't listened to that, that was episode 37, so check it out. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to go in any specific order of what movie I'm looking forward to the most and you know least. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go off the top of my head. But, uh, Jay, I want you to go first. What is your most, maybe, maybe, yeah, talk about your most anticipated movie. I've got a guess as to what it's yeah. going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, my most anticipated movie is Godzilla. Yeah! <laughs> uh, yes! Uh, I've wanted to see this character done right, of course, for a long time, as many listeners, and I know you guys, same thing. Um, I grew up with Godzilla. It was the first uh, toy I had was a just a huge, like, up-to-my-knee Godzilla that my grandma bought me and uh, I used to watch those we used to go over after church on Sundays I'd go to my grandma's house and we'd watch Godzilla uh, um, whether it was you know the uh, uh, the American version or the Asian version either one I've saw I've seen pretty much all of them throughout my life and just early on I was like I love this monster he's so awesome and he's just one of those iconic you know, he's the king of the monsters. That's what he is, Godzilla. Yeah, he is the king of the monsters. And um, just I've, – I've been blown away by the trailers. I mean, I just – of course, we've all been burned by Godzilla in the um, the 90s version of it, which was horrible. That was the 90s, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the Emmerich Devlin crap. 98. Yeah. I've tried to forget it because it was just so awful and just really badly done. But I was even excited when I saw the trailers for that. So I could be wrong, but I really don't think so. It, it seems to me like this is the perfect – uh, balance of drama and, you know, having a huge, gigantic creature in a movie. It's, it seems like it's a perfect blend. You got Brian Cranston. You've got a lot of great actors, actresses in this. And it seems like they've, they've mixed the tension, the high drama, the high action all together perfectly from the trailers, mind you. I'm just, I've gotten chills from the trailer. You don't have to apologize for those fucking trailers. Every no. one of them, I've just been, holy shit. They're fucking, so they're good. fucking awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I just, there's something about Godzilla for me. He's so ingrained in me. I, I just, I want to see this and I want to make, sh- I want it to be good. Yeah. Exactly. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he's, it looks like from the trailers, he's done in a way where it's just like, this thing is unstoppable. He's so huge. He's so powerful. That it's like, what are you going to do against it? I like the whole twist on, you know, humanity created this monster. Uh, through our actions. I like that aspect to the story too, because it adds a new dimension to what Godzilla, he's not just a mindless, like, wrecking machine. 
It's like, why is he here in the first place? And it's because of human actions. And I like that. And, uh, I mean, I think a lot of that stuff gets shoved down your throat about, you know, how to behave and, you know, how to be environmentally sound and all that stuff. But I think this is a good one. I think this is a good way to put it that, you know, nature will strike back if you keep fucking up like that. And yeah. it, it really makes him more of a cool character to me. Yeah. I'm going to drive my hybrid car. Yeah. I don't want to start Godzilla. Fuck no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the first time you're like, holy fuck, man, this is menacing. This is bad. Did you hear about the Godzilla experience that they had at yeah. Comic-Con last year? Oh, dude, I would have loved it. Yeah, like that. people that, uh, <laughs> attendees of uh, Comic-Con, they were treated to this Godzilla experience where like they walked into this room and they're actually looking at, like they're in this building and the, you know, like as you're looking at the building, like the windows were actual screens and you could see Godzilla outside of the screens and all the destruction and yeah. shit. And that's fucking awesome. Oh. I mean, I, I cannot wait for this movie. I mean, they have not released all, any footage that I know of of any other, other monsters that are in this movie. No. And we do know from like the Comic Con footage that they released that there are other monsters in this film. Yeah. So he is going to be battling other monsters. It's not just going to be Godzilla versus the people. It's going to be Godzilla taking down other monsters. Right. I'm glad they're keeping those cards close to their chest and not showing us all that shit right out the gate. Yeah, they're not going J.J. Abrams Cloverfield with it. Right. But they're also they're, – because they're showing us images of Godzilla. Yeah. But, yeah, they are keeping some of those things, like you said, close to their chest. And I, I like the mystery. <laughs> and I think it's going to add to the experience when you're in the movie theater watching this. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Yeah, I, I, it's to me like when I saw like a good shot of him for the first time in one of the trailers, it's like what you want to see from a monster like that. And I didn't get it from like the kaijus so much in, in Pacific Rim. Um, I wanted to see more of that scale where, you know, like when you're, uh, when you're like really up high and you're looking down and you get kind of that woozy feeling. The same thing, like if you're looking at something that's just so huge and massive, you kind of get that heights, I'm afraid of heights feeling almost. And that's what I kind of took from it was like, God dang, this, he's so huge. Well, we Tupperware Pacific Rim, but I mean, yeah, with Pacific Rim, they had the Jaegers that could take them on. It was impressive, it was. but it wasn't Godzilla. It wasn't Godzilla. No, this no. is totally different. And, and people that don't know about it, that they're going to see that this is the beast. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. This is the biggest beast you're going to have to deal with. King of the monsters. Yes. Yeah, they have no Jaegers. They're in trouble. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't even handle him with a Jaeger, I don't right. think. Uh, that's my most anticipated movie too. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, for me, I know we've beat this drum kind of ad nauseum, but Guardians of the Galaxy is my most yeah. anticipated it's movie. It's on my list. It's on my list. I, I mean, ever since Facebook let us have cover photos, I've had Rocket Raccoon as my cover photo. I mean, to see him fully realized and on the big screen has pretty much been one of my fan fantasies since yeah. Marvel, you know, was making movies. Right. So I, I just can't believe it's even happening and it's yeah. just a couple months away now. Yeah. So I'm, I have a lot of faith in James Gunn, and we get to cover this. Yeah, oh, I know. Isn't that awesome. I'm so excited. It's such a it's such a high like it's a heart pounding trailer. It's it, like it's funny at first. It shows you like I think it gives you a good idea of how this movie's going to go down. And it, like the beginning of it is funny. Like the beginning of the trailers that we've seen, at least it's kind of comical. But then it gets fast paced, and they got that drum beat going through the trailer. I think it's all just well realized, and I think that's James Gunn totally. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, lots of great character in interactions lots of great special effects the designs look great i mean all the all the artwork we've seen from the conceptuals look very very well done like when you saw star wars stuff for the you first see time. that uh, kevin feige says that uh guardians of the galaxy are going to tie into avengers yes 3. yeah yeah so. and, and that we 
yeah, well, yeah, we might see Thanos. Thanos. Yeah, Th- <laughs> Thanos is going to be a player in this movie. Yeah. So yeah. that that's good news. That's good news. Yeah, I can't wait until this movie comes out so that way somebody when they first say Thanos or Thanos will know how to pronounce it. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But it's not going to be like uh Lord of the Rings uh the Hobbit when they came out and everybody was calling him Smog and right. Smog. Smog. <laughs> smog. Fuck that dude. I still call him Smog. Fuck your smog. 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 What, what I'm interested to see the most, <laughs> what I'm interested to see the most is the, the Gamora Nebula yeah. interaction. Uh-huh. You know, his children, Thanos' children, yeah. basically, and what, what's gonna happen, cause you know, they didn't just throw Nebula in there for no reason. Absolutely yeah. not. No. And she looks badass. Yeah. She, she does look awesome. badass. Whew. God, sexy. <laughs> um, Karen Gillan, she's yes. playing. Uh, did you hear about the connection between her and Star Wars? Oh, her hair? Her hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when they cut her hair off, they made it into a wig and she donated it to the people at Star Wars. Right. So we might see a Guardians of the Galaxy connection between <laughs> uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Star Wars if somebody wears her hair as a wig. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> a good Easter egg. I'm hoping it's like one of the uh, Chewbacca aliens <laughs> that, <laughs> that wear her hair. He's I'm got a missing hair. I got a missing hair patch. Just use this, right? <laughs> Oh man. Um let's talk about uh so Jake, me and Jay Godzilla most anticipated. Let's just talk about some other movies that we're looking forward to. I'm I'm looking forward to Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the movies that I'm looking forward to. You know, Gary Oldman, you know. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the original Planet of the Apes movie. Absolutely. And so when they made the second like when they rebooted this again for I guess you say the second time after the Tim Burton fiasco. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did a great job with that James Franco film. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. You can't go wrong with uh, Andy Serkis doing motion capture work either. I oh, mean, yeah. He brings just so much character to anything yeah. they let him do. It's just even in the screenshots we've seen, I think they just released this week. I think we got three new screenshots of yeah. the apes. And just even from the pictures, it looks photorealistic. You can see the emotion. Yeah. You yeah. can see the emotion, yeah, and you you don't get that from anything else, but but yeah, Andy, John Woods uh, pro- provided a picture on our Facebook page of them holding like you know guns, and that yeah. was cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm really really going to uh, I can't wait to review this movie. Um, I mean, the casting is fantastic in this film. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, they, they're I think they explained a little bit of that virus at the end of the movie that that kind of like wiped out most of the human race, but I think they're going to go into that even more in this one, and I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, Andy Serkis says it's the most ambitious performance capture movie ever. Wow, so wow. that's huge, especially yeah. after what he, all the work he's done in mocap. Yeah, so. Pretty much revolutionized the whole industry of that. Yeah, I'm interested to hear uh, what you guys are, uh, what other movies you guys are looking forward to hear uh, seeing this summer. Um, what do you guys think about that Jupiter Ascending? I Jupiter Ascending it's is the new w- Wachowski brothers. I'm Wachowski butchering the shit out of that. Wachowski, yeah, the guys behind the Matrix. Is it Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis? That's the one. Yeah, I yeah. think that could be a fun action movie. I have a really hard time watching Mila Kunis and Evan anything now because of her voice. Yeah, it sounds so much like Meg from Family Guy. <laughs> it like you know it takes me out of the film. Like when uh, what's her face did the movie with Billy Crystal. Uh, she was the Marge from The Simpsons. Oh yeah, yeah. She did the what was it? Forget Paris. 
Marge's. Yeah. And anytime she talked, all I could think about was Marge because yeah. she yeah. sounds just like one of the. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She sounded just like one of Marge's like sisters the entire time she talked. She sounds just like Marge, and I. But Miley Kunis is the same way with me. It's just her voice. Yeah, I can see how that could be distracting. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't have high hopes for it, but I mean, it could be a fun action movie to see. You know, their movies are usually good to see on the big screen. They, high they, concept. Yes. Exactly. Very high concept. Yeah. Uh, that's what I like about them. Um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I, this is kind of going under the radar cause it doesn't seem like it's getting much play or hype or anything, but are you going to say it? No, but <laughs> no, what movie? Sin City, Dame to Kill for. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I've got that on my list. Okay. okay. Yeah. I've got that on my list. I've, I've, I, I really enjoyed the first one. I love the books. Of course, I'm a huge Frank Miller fan. He's one of my favorite writers, artists. Like he's fantastic. A lot of people don't know he's an artist. I've shown people pictures of Frank Miller's stuff. Like, dude, he's an artist, man. But that's how I originally he did a, he did a cover recently for a comic. He did a, didn't he do the new bat? The, there's a new Batman cover that he did. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, I think it was Batman Robin, maybe, maybe, maybe I could be wrong, but he's such a great artist. He revolutionized Jim Lee comes directly from Frank Miller's artwork, even though they're not even closely look alike. Um, he's inspired so many artists, great artists, but, um, I really love the way Sin City looked. I loved the way, uh, the story was written. I thought everything was good about it and I'm really looking forward to this. I don't hear much about it. Um, it's, you know? it's because of the fact that the original Sin City came out how many years ago? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I think they should have, like, made the movie come out three to four years after. I think it's been, like, seven or eight years since that movie came out. Right. Hollywood kind of hates Robert Rodriguez, too, a little bit. They're not big fans of him coming in and doing everything. Unless for, he's doing another Spy Kids yeah. movie. <laughs> he, he, you know, he does, he does things under budget and kind of, you know, self, yeah. self puts his stuff out there and everything. Yeah. I don't think he gets a lot of attention from the Hollywood I, publicity track. I love the Grindhouse film that he did with Tarantino. Oh, I love it too. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Planet Terror. Yeah. yeah Planet yeah, Terror yeah. was fucking awesome. Yeah. He's just visually, I love what he does. Saw that in theaters, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, another point on this is that Josh Brolin, I want to see what, well, he's looking at it right now, but I want to see what, you know, he looks like in this movie, you know, right. he's so good with just facial expressions and stuff like that. And they use all this nice black and white and shadows and stuff like that. He's got the perfect face for it. I would have loved to see the dude as Batman. I mean, come on, but this is great. I'm glad he's in this and it makes me want to see it even more. I'm, I'm thinking he could be Two-Face. Oh, absolutely. He could be so many, so many yeah. characters. He's not given enough credit. This article I'm looking at is making a big deal about how Sin City will be in 3D, the new one. Oh. Well, um, that, that'd be kind of interesting. I think it, I think it would play well with the visuals in that movie. Yes, yeah, sure. Frank Miller says it'll feel like you're really in Sin City, and when you look down at your wrist or your hand, you'll expect that to be in black and white, too. Right. Yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. Did you guys hear about a uh, uh, couple of uh, – since we're talking about Josh Brolin, did you hear about the – they're talking about uh, doing a new Goonies sequel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bringing everyone back is what they're but saying. But nobody's officially been like, I'm coming back yet. Right. <laughs> right. Richard Donner. Well, like, no, except for Corey Feldman. That motherfucker. Did he say up. okay? Oh, he's up for anything. He's been ready for Goonies for years. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> How many Lost Boys sequels can you do before you're like, shit, man, I want somebody to pay attention to me? Right, right. That's a cry for but help. Can you see Josh Brolin coming back for Goonies too? Yeah, I can. Well, I mean, Richard Donner's great. I mean, I guess he brings enough cred to where maybe he would get those actors. What would you guys want to see in a Goonies sequel? Do you, do you want to see them bring back the original cast and maybe like cast their kids in this so they they can keep going with these movies? Yeah, I feel like uh, no matter what, we're getting original cast. So I guess we're passing the stick to the younger generation, like their kids, right? 
It'd be so hard to pull it off otherwise, you know. Tell a good story. They're also talking about uh, Gremlins 3. Yeah. Oh, no. Whether it be a reboot or whether it be uh, a new movie. So that's another one of these 80s properties that might be coming back. I think they're just going to CGI the fuck out of it instead of using actual puppets. That's what it's going to take away from it completely, you know. You can't do that. It's not the same. It didn't Goonies 2 come out a couple years ago called Super 8? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was a fun movie. I like Super 8, yeah. too. I'm not like the Gremlins movie. Uh, Ain't It Cool News, they reported that Warner Brothers is fast-tracking the new film. Mm-hmm. So it's going to happen. Uh, last year, they announced two producers involved with the project, Seth Graham Smith and then David Katzenberg. Uh, but things have been quiet ever since that. And, uh, nobody's sure if Joe Dante is coming back to direct, and there's no word on Spielberg yet. Um, but uh, Warner Brothers says it is, quote, moving quickly. So we might get word of some casting announcements and a director soon. So. As long as it's in the 80s, it might be interested, hmm. you know? Yeah. Because otherwise it just doesn't, you know, if they're going to use CGI and, you know, on top of that, put it in a different time frame, I don't... You got to bring back, uh, what's-his-face's uh, gizmo. The oh, Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel, yeah. You got to bring him back. You got to bring him back, man. He, he needs this. <laughs> But I want it to capture kids' imaginations. If it comes back, it needs to capture kids' imaginations as much as it did when we were kids. I, I really loved um, the guy that played Lex Luthor's dad was uh, Clamp in Gremlins 2. I thought that was a, like a play on the Donald yeah. Trump character. Yeah, the Donald Trump character. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, that was a fun absolutely. character. Yeah, I remember that. Um, man, I just, I, I really, that movie just, I love that movie when I was a kid. I remember when Hardee's came out with their, uh, the flip books mm-hmm. and they had the record at the end. Yeah. And you could play the record on your, you know, my Fisher Price first record player yeah. and then like read the story along. And they had the father that played, uh, Billy's, the guy that played Billy's father. Mm-hmm. He was the narrator for like this whole thing. I remember listening to those. Dude, that's the difference between now and then. Yeah, I still have those. <clears throat> between movies now and then and between merchandise that was sold. You still have them? I still have those. Yeah, I remember listening to those as a kid and just loving it. Just I, loving it. I loved them too. And The toys that come out now with like uh, your Happy Meals and shit, they're bullshit. Dude, you used to get a flip book and a record, a vinyl record to yeah. play? Yeah. Wow. Now you get a, like a plastic sippy cup. <laughs> you get the person's head. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Hardy's had the um, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends 3D flip books. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's I awesome. used to love those. It used to come with, uh, you know, when, when it was the Spider-Man series, the Firestar and uh, Iceman. Oh, yeah. It came with a flip book. Like the whole, the whole Happy Meal itself. It came with like a, a Spider-Man uh, box. And then you'd open it up, you'd get a flip book for like Iceman or Firestar or Spider-Man. And it came with 3D glasses that you could read. And like, then you'd go home and you'd watch the cartoon. Yeah. (sighs) Well, they they keep thinking that they need to up the ante and make these more, you know, complex toys or whatever merchandise go with it. And they don't think simple, like something like that where you just look at it all the time. Yeah. I, just, I, w- I would look at that stuff all the time for right. all, all oh, day, every day. Now your Happy Meal comes with a code. You yeah. can get online and read a story from, right. you know, whatever. You don't care. It's disposable. Yeah. You don't have it in your hands. Yeah. You know? Remember all the nice glassware all the restaurants used to yes. have? Yeah, I have oh. Batman glassware. God, what happened to all the nice glassware? I have all the you know, yeah. Empire Strikes Back glassware, Gremlins yeah. glassware. Yep. Uh, Indiana Even, Jones well, glassware. Well, Batman Returns had like the big cups. Oh, those were super cool with yeah. the really neat handles. Like yes. the Two-Face one was the coins flipping handle. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I miss that kind of merchandise. It's just disposable shit anymore. Now it's, it's a plastic sippy cup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Fuckers. <clears throat> Give me back my shit. <laughs> All right, back to movies that we really liked. Um, Jake, do you have anything? Uh, n- n- you know. Yeah. Not I, the, I've got a few head. more. I've got a number. Uh, okay. Another one I'm looking forward to. We already hit on an earlier Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. That, that's on that's my list. That's definitely on my I'm list. I'm going to watch Oblivion like now. You need to watch Oblivion. Yeah, it's fantastic. Because for you to get behind <laughs> something like that, I agree with you. Tom Cruise, like, he may suck as a human being. He's a hell of an actor. <laughs> that's what he does. Yeah. He is an actor, and that's why he comes off weird to uh, people. Okay, guys. Tom Cruise has worked on his craft. Okay, yeah. Let's he knows look what at, he's doing. Let's look at his career, though, yeah. okay? All right. Tom Cruise started in a bunch of movies where he did the same fucking thing over and over again. It was the same story, all right? All right. All right let's look at Top Gun, all right? We've got a guy. He's confident in his, you know. In, <laughs> no, he's like he's a confident pilot. He's the best pilot out there. He's cocky. He's, he's chewing his gum and smacking his bubbles and shit and you know he's going to top gun he's confident okay something happens something happens he he loses his partner his wingman okay his wingman dies he loses his confidence so what does he need the love of a good woman (laughs) right right so he gets the love of a good woman all right he gets his good loving you know, yeah. and then she brings him back out of the out of the bullshit that, that he's gone through, and so he comes back, and now he's confident and cocky again, and he shows everybody, even Iceman, yeah. even even Val Kilmer's like, man, you're you're the shit, you know. He he went to Top Gun and he proved himself. Okay, <laughs> all right, now let's look at Days of Thunder. All right, okay, so we've got Days of Thunder. Okay, we've got a guy. He's at the top of his game. He's the best race car driver out there. What happens? Something happens on the track. He loses his confidence. (laughs) All right. So what does he get? The love of a good woman. (laughs) All right. So the love of a good woman brings him back and he comes back and he's the best race car driver again. It's the same thing. Uh, So if cocktails, the same thing. (laughs) If you're a handsome dude, you're going to be all right. All you need (laughs) is the love of a good woman. Right. Which is why I'm still a failure. You can keep fucking up. (laughs) As long as you've got the love of a good woman. But I, I am looking forward to Edge of Tomorrow like crazy. I yeah. can't wait for this fucking movie. I can't wait either. I'm super excited. He was great in Minority Report, and that's why I want to. I want to see him in more of those Minority roles. Report. I, you know what? I have a problem with that movie because it was so goddamn sci-fi that I couldn't. Wrap, <laughs> it was so sci-fi I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like I love science fiction, but like this was like oh, holy fuck! This is too sci-fi. This is every sci-fi book you've <laughs> ever read. Yeah, yeah it, it, was. it was. It was way sci-fi for but me. But he's great in those roles where he, he is. is kind of set in that future. Yeah, yeah, I liked that movie a lot too. Yeah, Max von Sydow. He's a future. Future man, he's ahead of his time. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, Jay, you got anything else? I, I mean, I agree. I just wanted to point out Plan- Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, the first one was so fucking good. Came out of nowhere. Was not anticipating a good Planet of the Apes movie ever. Yeah, it was yeah. like a Batman's Begins moment. Absolutely. Like nobody expected a good Batman movie, and then bam. Holy shit. It was one of those movies I bought. I had it for weeks, and I, I just kind of looked at it like, eh, you know, I'll get to that. Yeah. And then when I watched it, I was like, holy shit. The whole time, I was just totally enthralled by it. Such, And it was just such a CGI-heavy movie, and you're still so into it. Yeah. When have they ever done apes like that? You know, yeah. where you're just like, that's believable. And I, I don't care. I love the throwbacks. I even like Malfoy saying, you know, get your paws off me, you yeah. damn dirty ape. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Malfoy. It doesn't, it doesn't compare. <laughs> it doesn't compare to Heston, but it was still a nice, a nice, nice wink yeah. to the fans. It's such a good story. It, it's another one of those series that I grew up on that I just absolutely yeah. loved, and you know, I totally didn't understand when I was a little kid. Planet of the Apes, absolutely the first. 
first one with Charlton Heston was an amazing film. Yeah. How do you follow it up? They did a great job. It's what we've always wanted to know, too, is how, how did Earth become this? Yeah. I've watched them all. I've watched Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Conquest. I even watched the TV series. Even watched the damn cartoon that they came out oh, with. Yeah. I even read uh, Planet of the Apes Cataclysm, the comic book that came out a couple years that ago. That was good. And it was fantastic. Yeah, that was good. Uh, but the last movie I wanted to talk about that's one of my most anticipated movies of the summer is Lucy with Scarlett Johansson. Have you guys oh, seen yeah. the preview for this? I haven't seen the preview. I just read about that. Okay. I, I've heard a little bit about it. I read the blurb in the summer movie. Definitely check out the trailer. I, I was going to pause and have, have us watch the trailer, but uh, we don't have to do that. Um, Scarlett Johansson, she plays somebody. She's kidnapped, and uh, they make her a drug mule. They basically surgically put these drugs in inside her. And I think these drugs are only made available for like millionaires, like really the rich people. And this drug, it's like an experimental drug. And so what happens is when she's got this drug, like they, they put it in her and then she's like tied up behind a chair and she's tied up. And all of a sudden, like the bag, one of the bags break that one of the bags break. Oh yeah. And it leaks into her body. And you see in the trailer, her eyes start to change shape, color, form. She starts to become open. Like, uh, her mind becomes more open. Right. And she starts to become more intelligent. Um, she starts to become more one with her body. Uh, and it's, it's kind of like that movie Limitless, mm-hmm. where Bradley Cooper gets 100% of his brain. Right. She's starting to get, uh, you know, like become more uh, one with her, uh, with her abilities, her brain, her brain function. And it's just, she gains these superpowers. Right. And these guys are going to come in. It looks like they're going to rape her. And as she's tied up and she like, she like opens her legs, like, okay, whatever, if you're going to do it. And it's just a way to entice them so she can just beat the shit out of them. (laughs) And she does gets a gun from him and like this movie then really opens up and it's got her Morgan Freeman in it it looks absolutely fantastic if you like her as Black Widow and you like her action sequences it's more of the same in this movie right right and it this looks really really good it kind of reminded me of a comic book I read recently called Mara where this woman uh, out of nowhere she just uh, she just realizes that she is powerful she's a volleyball player and all of a sudden she's been able to stop time and so she, what she does is like she'll stop time and like do like you know she'll stop time and then like place the ball where she wants it oh he got you. come back and then spike it and then you know then she's found out by you know like like uh by humanity that she's got these powers but she becomes like this omniscient force like this is like the same kind of thing like she that like we're worried about like once she hits 100 percent of her brain function like what is she going to be able to do is she going to be omniscient what the fuck are we looking at here? It just looks like a very cool movie. Like, where is this story going to take us? It's almost like Elysium, too, in that the, 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 you have a elite group that only gets certain technologies yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Those stories are always Yeah, but, like, okay, since they're selling this drug, like, other people that have got it, do they have the same abilities as her? Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah that's interesting. I can't wait. It's called Lucy. God, you, who would have thought she was going to be an action yeah. star? I know. I mean, what the fuck? Ghost World? Well, I loved her. I loved her in Ghost World. Yeah, me well, too. Well, Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. That Fantastic. was her first film, like Bill Murray that I remember. And right. I loved her in that film. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, she's so cute. But I never really would have. Like never would have thought Black Widow. Yeah. Well, I, talk, I talked to my mom. I was telling my mom about Lucy today. And she's like, she's like, hmm. She's like, uh. 
Lucy, that's interesting. They called it like that. That it's a drug. She's like, that reminds me of the Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Mom, you may be onto something. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Mind expansion. Yeah, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, yeah. LSD. Yeah. yeah. So very cool. Yeah. I'll fucking check that out. Yeah, yeah. Definitely check out the trailer. It looks really awesome. Damn, it's called does, Lucy. Does See, I didn't great. even know about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and there's another movie with Eric Bana coming out that looks yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. So, what was that about? Uh, it's uh, based on true st- true events about this guy, and he's like, I guess he's like an FBI detective or a police officer or something like that. And there's like weird, scary, horrific events going on within his home. And I saw him looking at like, like hieroglyphs in the yeah, you know, like a photo from the movie or whatever. But yeah, that'd be interesting. Looks too. really good too. So yeah. I definitely might want to check that one out. But all right, hey, let's jump into some other things. So those are our most anticipated movies of the year. Notice that we didn't say Amazing Spider-Man two. Notice that we didn't say. <laughs> Days of Future Past. I'm sorry. Yeah, we sure did. We yeah. didn't. No, we did not. All right. Uh, let's talk about our thoughts on Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. So that happened, you know, maybe a month or two ago. Uh, they cast Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. What are you guys thinking? I, 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 I'm not happy about it. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, I'm not really that big of a fan. I don't think he can pull off Lex Luthor at all. I feel like after they told me maybe Joaquin Phoenix might be Lex Luthor, that made this even more of a disappointment. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, would have been great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I was kind of caught off guard by this as well. I mean, he was great in Social Network, um, but you know, he's playing a totally different character in this in Lex Luthor, where it's like you have the Social Network. Uh, what what we kind of know of Jesse Eisenberg is kind of an awkward, you yeah. know, shy kind of. You know, yeah, but it, he he played a twisted, he played a really twisted uh, character in uh, in the Facebook, the social network, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, just just kind of an evil genius type person. You know you who's got to be it. pissed off about this the most? Michael Cera. Because <laughs> those guys, those guys, you oh, know what yeah. I mean? Oh, like, yeah. they're around the same time that they were kind of like, they played this awkward, geeky teen. teen yeah. yeah. You know? Uh, like, you know, Michael Cera had his string of awkward, geeky teen movies, you know, Scott Pilgrim and right. Superbad, and then Jesse Eisenberg had, you know, Zombieland and uh, what was the other? Adventureland. Adventureland, yeah. yeah any, any movie that ended in land. Who gives a fuck land? <laughs> yeah. So, like, but that, Michael Cera's got to be thinking, man, if I was just a little bit better, I could be Lex Luthor right Right, now. right. Well, I mean, what, you, so you're totally against it. I'm totally. I think my, I like Michael Cera more than Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> well, yeah, as far as likability, <laughs> of course. Who doesn't like Michael Cera? I love, yeah. <laughs> it all goes back to Arrested Development, right? With me. Yeah. Uh, Who doesn't like him? I, my vote for, and I said this on our fantasy casting episode. I think it was episode 35. I was uh, all about. Uh, fuck, I can't think of his name. Daniel Day Lewis, yeah. as Lex Luthor, right? Yeah, that was my guy. Way better. Well, yeah, because this is the first time we've had a younger Lex Luthor, younger than Superman, younger as an actor, younger as a character. Yeah. And so, you know, can he pull it off? I I, th- I think he can. I, I'm not totally against this idea. It's one of the few things that I'm actually behind in this movie. I think he could pull off, uh, you know, uh, a billionaire, you know, like however he earned it. And they're, they're kind of saying that this is different in that this Lex Luthor earned it from hard knocks. You know, he, he grew up. You know, with money, but at the same time, he learned a lot from the street level stuff. And so I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a twist on the character. I don't want to see the same Lex Luthor we've always seen. I personally could have done without Lex Luthor in any new Superman movie, but. Uh, being that they're going to include him, I think it's kind of a good choice. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to have it set in a metropolis, you got to have Lex Luthor's yeah. capacity. Yeah, and and this is a good way to do it. And you know, I think they're going to juxtapose 
what Lex Luthor is as a billionaire as opposed to what Bruce Wayne is as a billionaire, even though I'm not fucking excited at all about Bruce Wayne as a billionaire. If they get the character right, I'm happy. I don't want to see, you know, don't get me wrong. As a child, I loved just seeing Superman on screen. So then I just loved seeing Gene Hackman. I just don't want to see this bumbling idiot. I want to see them being the smartest human on the planet. Yeah, nothing funny about it. And I don't, I also don't want to see uh, a power suit of any kind. Fuck the power suit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's reduced from being a genius to a brawler. He's reduced to being like, I can take him on hand to hand. Well, the thing, I want to see him like get under Superman's so bad that Superman wants to punch him, but he can't. Right. Yeah. Like, it go questions ahead. his morals. Sure. Yeah. Like Superman could punch him, fucking knock his head right off of his fucking body. But at the same time, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see like you know, because like watching like the Facebook movie. Yeah. When he was talking to people, he would piss you off to the point where you know it's like, yeah, I want to smack this fucking right. kid. Right. And I want to see him get under Superman's skin, skin just the same way. Yeah. Where Superman can't do it, and I want to think, I want people to, in Metropolis to be like, oh yeah, this is our savior. Right. This, this is, this is what, this is what we need to look to. You know, he's our savior, not, not Superman. I kind of feel like that's what they can do with his, with Jesse Eisenberg. I feel like he can make you fucking hate him, and you, you already. I think kind there's of other did. actors though that can, that, that could do that too, like yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Like, look at his performance in Gladiator. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You were glad when he fucking died. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but totally. like, but also look at him in like you know movies like Signs, like where you really liked him. Totally, like man, this is a likable guy. Right. Yeah, you know? even Walk the Line, how yeah. likable he is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think Joaquin Phoenix would have been a better choice in my opinion, and I think even a step above that would have been Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, um, can't argue that. Yeah, definitely Daniel Day Lewis. God, anything. Why can't that guy do more stuff? I know <laughs> he's so particular in these movies. He, that is. he does because like so it good. has to be nominated for something. Yeah. But, uh, man, can you imagine him? I mean, just, oh, yeah. I mean, even Tom Hanks was like throwing his name into some of these comic he, book yeah, movies. He's Tom still, Hanks, maybe. Yeah. Can you imagine him as a Lex Luthor? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? Gosh. But they don't want to take away, you know, at the same time, we've got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. We've got all these characters. They Green want, Lantern. They need <laughs> Green Lantern, maybe. They yeah. want a good balance. And, yeah. and Zack Snyder has talked about that. Like, he said, "Like, look, guys, I understand the 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 mythology of these characters, but this is you guys have not seen the script, right? And the reason we chose these people is because of the script. Now, one part of me says, well, you're fucking stupid, and you don't know what you're yeah. doing. But the other part of me is like, okay, he's saying he understands it. So if he understands it, then I, I'm okay with it. But I don't I don't need some kind of weird twist on this tale. I don't want it. No. I just want a, a cool, realistic version of it. Yeah. yeah, I don't want it to feel like some weird Elseworld story yeah, that exactly. I'm watching. Yeah. You know? I or like Injustice or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, which Injustice Gods Among Us, I mean, like the comic book is sold like gangbusters. It kind of feels like they're borrowing from But it's crazy. Them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's like one point where Superman just goes nuts, and like I think he just kills the Joker in the first yeah. episode. you don't hear as many people bitching about that. Yeah. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> Um, let's talk about, uh, the Flash costume that came out. Yeah. Uh, did we get a chance to see the Flash costume? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, of course, you know, Flash has been introduced in Arrow, which Arrow's been doing a great job. I mean, I they've, so. intru- they've introduced the Birds of Prey, the Suicide Squad. I mean, they're going all out. He's got the mask now. He's finally got the mask. Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome. I, they're doing a great job with Arrow. I'm really enjoying the series. But we did see the Flash costume, some yes. pictures. First it came out with the helmet, and then they came out with uh, the pictures of the full costume. What do you guys? What are your guys' thoughts on the costume? 
I, I'm pretty cool with it. I, I thought it was pretty great. I mean, I, I it didn't look like they were trying too hard to make a superhero costume. It kind of looked like something he would definitely make himself. So you weren't like, how did he come up with this costume? Could this just be his first costume, too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Arrow's costume has kind of evolved since the first season. Totally, totally. I think they're going to twerk it, uh, tweak it, <laughs> twerk it. <laughs> uh, no twerking. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Miley Cyrus is going to make an appearance in the I first think, season. I think they're definitely going to tweak it, but I'm totally happy with it. I'm I not... see a new meme yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. it's Miley Cyrus twerking I'm the twerking Flash. twerking things, twerking and, the Flash and he, costume. And he's twerking just like, you know, a hundred times as fast as her. Yeah, the Flash can really twerk. Believe he me. can twerk the <laughs> fuck. I, I I think the colors were right. I think the fit was right. I think the actor playing it is right. I think everything about it. I don't looked, know that much about Grant Gustin. Yeah, I don't either. I think I, they nailed the costume just from too. the episode. I'm just talking about the costume and how it looked. On yeah. it. I don't know much about Grant Gustin either, besides you know seeing him on Glee and stuff. But yeah, um, I thought I thought it looked pretty cool. I know a lot of people aren't too happy about it though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It looked a little Daredevil for me. Yeah, it had color. that darker red. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see red. Yeah. That's me. That, but, I mean, I liked it. I mean, I liked it. I liked it. I didn't – I give it a taste it. I yeah. don't give it a Tupperware. It can't – you know, you, you got to have it not clash with Arrow, and Arrow kind of has a darker color scheme. I think the thing is if they in, if they intend to introduce the Flash into the DC universe, they want to keep this separate. I think the Flash and the DC – the DC movies, I mean, yeah, like yeah. a Justice League, like, you know, like these Man of Steel movies, I think they want to keep this separate. They don't want to have it look too much like it. So I think if they have, like, uh, the Flash introduced into those films, they want to have the red costume yeah. that's that's my thinking i bet right. you're right i bet you're right like a bright red yeah and yellow. that's what i want to see i i don't know i i agree with you like i wasn't uh, you know i wasn't blown away by it i wasn't like oh shit you know i was just kind of like yeah that looks cool you know looks all right i was happy i wasn't like fuck you fucking bastards you raped my childhood yeah. exactly. <laughs> and plus we haven't seen it in action yeah. you know we haven't seen him in action in that suit so the guy that played the original flash in the 1990 series he's going to be a character in this uh show i that's love that. the original series. yeah well uh, yeah, john john wesley ship yeah is his name john wesley Slip? i'm pretty sure that's right yeah i own that on dvd that's that a great series he was a great flash the costume was cool if you haven't seen the captain cold episode of that yeah. watch it oh, it yeah. is amazing yeah yeah that's a great show yeah <laughs> Um, let's talk a little bit about Fantastic Four. Um, <laughs> yes. Josh Trank is directing Michael B. Jordan. Uh, we all remember uh, Michael B. Jordan. He's going to be playing the uh, Human Torch. Uh, he was in the TV show Friday Night Lights, Fruitville, Sta- Fruitville Station, which I-, I promised one of our listeners, I think it was Craig Clifton, that I'm going to watch that, and I will. Uh, and another of Josh Trank's films, he was in Chronicle. Uh, we've got Kate Mara. She's going to be um, Sue Storm. Um she was in Iron Man 2, Trans-Siberian. She was also uh, in the beginning of 127 Hours. Jamie Bell, he's going to be doing the voice of uh, The Thing. Uh, he did some voice work in Tintin. He played Tintin. And then Miles Teller uh, from The Spectacular Now, which I've seen. Fantastic movie. And then also in Project X, he's going to be playing Reed Richards. Uh, they recently cast Toby Kebbell as Victor Von Doom. He was also in Prince of Persia and Rock and Rolla. That being said, (laughs) great casting as far as the talent. The ages of these talented actors and the ages that we'd like to see of some of the characters in the comics, maybe not so much a great fit. Yeah. What are you guys thinking about this movie so far? Uh, It already sounds like a train wreck. 
You've got Mark Millar helping on this, which sounds like it's want, he's wanting to take it the route of the ultimate uh, Fantastic Four. Yeah, I'm a huge Mark Millar fan too. Yeah, but I want to see I want to see Stan Kirby, uh, Stan Lee, and Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four finally come to life, and we're not seeing it. No, definitely not. Oh, man, I that's too bad. I really want to see Marvel's first family done proper. Yeah, it doesn't look like we're going to see that anytime soon, right. according to this movie. Well, I mean, I love Michael B. Jordan, huge Michael B. Jordan fan. I fucking love him ever since Friday Night Lights when I saw him. I uh, loved him in Chronicle, and, and I'm a huge fan of Miles Teller. My first exposure to him was in Project X, which was a fun movie. And then and Spectacular Now, where he really – it's an independent film. He really got to like branch out and show his acting chops in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I've compared Miles Teller to Bill Murray. Okay? Damn. He's very, very talented. I just – I don't see him in – I don't see him in Fantastic Four. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, Kate Mara has come out and said that she doesn't know anything about the film. I'm like, it's going to start filming next week, I believe. Right. She doesn't, she doesn't know anything about it. She doesn't know what the costumes are going to look like. She doesn't know what the story is. She hasn't read the comics. She's, like, read two of the comics. Wow. And that's all kind of disheartening news. Like, she was in House of Cards, and, like, she's a, you know, she's an okay actress. But I'm more excited about Miles Teller, like you said, Michael B. Jordan. If those two are in it, I'm going to stick behind wanting to see this. But we haven't heard anything good about it. I mean, as far as what's going to happen, the story, I mean, I don't want a younger first family. Like you said, it's it's Marvel's first family. We need to know that these guys are a family. And if you're these young kids, I don't know if that's necessarily the story to tell. Like, I have the ultimate Fantastic Four in hardback, and I don't read it. Right. You know, I just bought it because I was so into the ultimate uh, storylines, but it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I have to agree with Jay. It's It sounds like they're messing Dr. Doom up again. Yeah. <laughs> doing goofy shit with that. So. You know they are. <laughs> oh, shit. You need an older Reed Richards. You need an older dude yeah. that's, you know, kind of a serious, take me fucking serious, I'm the smartest man on the planet kind of guy. And we haven't had that, let alone a good Doctor Doom. Well, the the origin of the Doctor Doom, they screwed up in the first movie. We haven't had a good thing. We haven't had a good... I mean, the Human Torch, Chris Evans' Human Torch was actually the best thing about the whole thing. And then the Silver Surfer in the second one. Yeah, I like the Silver Surfer yeah. in the second one. But other than that, like, we haven't seen anything that would indicate that this is going to turn out... The problem I had with Chris Evans' Human Torch was the fact that Human Torch in the comics was a lot younger than Chris Evans was, and yeah. he's being this cocky douchebag. And then you've got Chris Evans, who's like, you know, in his like late twenties, acting like he's fucking like a teenager, right? In this movie, it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah, it was weird. To be fair, though, that, that's kind of a problem with the character in the Marvel universe too. Yeah, I mean, until Hickman killed him off and brought him back, <laughs> right? He was really always kind of immature and brash. Yeah, already yeah, right. so. FF's Human Torch was awesome. The, yeah. The future Human Torch. The future Human Torch. It was so cool. In FF, yeah, that was awesome. All right, let's talk about uh, Captain America 3 versus Batman versus Superman. So if you don't know about this, uh, we're going to talk about the dick measuring contest on <laughs> May 6, 2016. That's the day that Captain America 3 and Batman versus Superman go head-to-head in theaters across the nation. Uh, and Marvel is not backing out of that date. So let's talk about that for a moment. What is DC thinking? What is Marvel thinking? Should one of them move? And which one are we going to see first when they are released? 
Yeah, well, jeez. I mean, that's that's such a crazy move. And, I mean, fans are so self-aware nowadays that they're going to know that that means the battle lines have been drawn and we're picking which we like better, Marvel or DC, you know? You're right. Gonna, everyone's going to be making a decision with their wallet on May 6th, it sounds like. Yeah. And um, I'll be seeing Cap 3 Okay. On, on Friday, for sure. Do you think any of them should move? Do you think one of them should move? <sighs> I mean, it really hurts both of them. It would be better for both movies if one of them moved. I mean, I think okay. both movies would make more money by themselves that weekend. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch both of them. So I don't have a problem with both of them opening on but the But which day. one are you going to see first? Probably Batman Superman, honestly. Okay. Just because I don't have any inclination, really, of how this is going to go, you know, besides thinking that's going to go poorly. So I have more interest in what that's going to look like um, rather than Cap 3. Like Cap, you know, Cap 2, Winter Soldier, of course, you know, totally awesome. So I want to see that story play out, but I'm, I don't need to jump the gun. This, I think Batman Superman has more hype behind it for me personally, just because those characters are more, right. you know, Captain America compared to Batman for me, even yeah. though it's Ben Affleck, you know, and yeah. all that stuff. I still want to see that first. Right. I, I personally, um, I, I love it. I hope neither of them budge, man. Yeah. I, I want this. I want them to go to No, I want it too, but I still think it's a, it's a better financial move for one of them to budge. Uh, as a fan, I'm excited. I, okay. Yes. Okay. It's a better financial move for them, for one of them to budge. Okay. Jumping off of that, Marvel doesn't give a fuck. They're, they've made so much damn movie money off of these other movies that the only thing it's going to hurt is DC. Yeah, that's it. I mean, DC isn't going to be the one. Marvel, Marvel, like Captain America three is a sacrificial lamb right now. It's like we're going to throw Captain America three out in the same weekend, and it's going to make money. It's it's going to pay itself off pretty much in the first weekend. We know it will. You know, I mean, it'll have a budget of like a hundred and, you know, seventy, hundred eighty million, and it'll get half of that at least in the first weekend. Yeah. They, they, they don't care. DC's got more to lose. It's going to take a bite out of that. It's going to take a bite out of their earnings. Like where this could have been a billion dollar movie overall, it could be like a $750 million movie because of this. That's a great point. I've heard people speculate that maybe Marvel's doing this just so it doesn't beat Avengers records. Right. I mean, and the movie I'm going to see first is going to be Batman versus Superman because I know what I'm going to get with Captain America 3. I have no idea what I'm going to get with Batman versus Superman. So that's why I want to see it. It could be a shit movie for all I know. A little but, bit of train wreck syndrome. Yeah, exactly. I got to see it. Yeah. I've got to see it. Exactly. It's a train wreck syndrome. I've got to see it. Yeah. That's the first one I've got to see. Yeah. I'm the same way. It, I think it's going to be more of a nightmare for podcasters having to review two movies <laughs> the same weekend because we're going to have to do that. Well, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to have two separate podcasts that week. We're going to have to record for like six fucking hours. Yeah, it took us like, what, two and a half for Cap 2. I so. know. It's going to be like, seriously, it's going to be like Red Bull and like fucking cocaine like it, the whole time that we're doing that <laughs> podcast. <laughs> for sure. But it's so, it's so awesome that we even get to discuss the possibility of Captain America 3 and I Batman think we're gonna confuse, Superman. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to confuse the movies at one point. Yeah. We're gonna be like, yeah, it was awesome when like Cap threw his shield at Batman. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be like, oh fuck, I'm like mixing the two movies together. <laughs> oh jeez, yeah, probably. But I, I'm excited about the prospect. I mean, they've said that uh, you know overseas they're probably gonna have different release dates, but that's always the case with movies that come out before the American release date. So they said, well, you know, that's not set in stone. You know, this is years down the line. But neither studio appears to be but you know uh, budging on this, and I think. 
uh, part of it too is to make a statement to yeah. say which studio is better, you know, and and that's kind of stupid and childish. Like you don't need to do that, but at the same time, I, oh, I love it, the, I love it, I cannot wait for this. <laughs> at the same time, I think they're kind of helping each other though by coming out on the same day. Well, all the fanboys are going to see both for sure. Well, DC fanboys are definitely going to see Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Marvel fanboys are going to see Cat, but there's a lot of people. But there's a lot of people that are in like like the, the just fanboys of both. Yeah, and they're going to see both. We're going to see both. I want to see those numbers. I want to see who is seeing both. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Walking Dead season four recap, and this is going to contain spoilers. So, <laughs> have you guys seen all the Walking Dead season four yet? No. Nope. Are no. you okay with hearing spoilers? I know all the spoilers. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> First, I want to talk about episode 12, uh, the episode where it was all Beth and Daryl. Mm-hmm. This uh, is the episode where Beth wanted a drink of alcohol, and then they uh, burned down Daryl's childhood home. I know a lot of people hated this episode. I didn't hate it, and I thought it was quite refreshing that we finally get to know a little bit more about Beth that, than what we've seen. Uh, because they really haven't fleshed out her color, character all that much. No. And I really like her character now after watching this. But that being said, this episode to me was just the Walking Dead's version of The Breakfast Club. <laughs> and I'm going to explain that. Yes, please do. All right. Okay, listen. You've got two people that would never be paired up together, and here they are forced to. Just like the kids in The Breakfast Club that were forced into detention together. Beth and Daryl argue each, uh, with each other just like John Bender and Claire in the be- breakfast club. And then things settle down and they get to talking again. They sit down and instead of getting high like the kids in the breakfast club, uh, they drink moonshine. <laughs> which results in a game where Beth and Daryl play Never Have I. Where they recite things that they have never done. In the breakfast club, they all go around and talk about what got them into tension. That day, mm-hmm. Daryl says in The Walking Dead things like "Never have I been out of Georgia," and Beth almost doesn't believe him. Beth goes on and says, "Never have I been to jail." To which Daryl says, "Is this what you think of me?" <laughs> he gets up, urinates in the room, and yells and screams at Beth and attracts walkers outside. <laughs> now, this is just like the scene where Jonathan Bender in The Breakfast Club thinks that Claire thinks her shit don't stink right. and goes off about her earrings and yells. I bet he bought those for you. I bet those were a Christmas gift. Do you know what I got for Christmas? Oh, it was a banner fucking year at the old Bender family. I got a carton of cigarettes. The old man grabbed me and said, hey, smoke up, Johnny. (laughs) All right, so go home, cry to your daddy, don't cry here, okay? You're damn right, yeah. (laughs) This episode of The Walking Dead was inspired by John fucking Hughes. (laughs) He should have gotten a credit at the end of the episode, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I think that whole episode was like a John Hughes Breakfast Club thing. If you look back, if you watch it and watch The Breakfast Club, they're the same thing. Right. Did you enjoy that episode? I mean, <laughs> uh, it was okay. I mean, I, I really liked that we got to learn a lot more about Beth and Daryl. I, I, and a lot of people were pissed off that they make Daryl look like a pussy. Yeah. But honestly, we've seen a lot of grunting and bullshit from Daryl this whole fucking time. It was nice to kind of see his character broken down a little bit and connect with somebody else on another level. Right. A level that he didn't even connect with Carol with. In some it, it just seemed like a weird relationship to explore. Like I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Seeing the few episodes I did yeah. in season four, I knew that was coming, but I didn't understand like why that was going to be a good yeah. thing, you know, for the series. Yeah, because Beth was always kind of ho hum. Yeah, you know, and it's like 
they fleshed out all these other characters, but they kind of left her on the back. You know, she's got like, uh, okay, like, you know, her, uh, spoilers, like, you know, Herschel dies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Herschel dies and it, it finally brings some emotion out of her. I mean, she's watched two boyfriends die already. Right. And we didn't really get anything from her. She watched Herschel die. And so now that Herschel's dead, it's like, it's kind of cool seeing like, you know, this, she, her, her goal is to get a drink. Uh huh. And, you know, it's like, it shows you like in the zombie apocalypse that, you know, she's never had a drink of alcohol in her life. And Herschel, because Herschel wouldn't allow it because right. he was a recovering alcoholic. So, like, her goal was to get a drink. And so, like, once she finally got that drink, it's like, then she broke down again. Right. Because, like, okay, she's accomplished that goal. Now what is there to look forward to? And it, in a way, it was kind of a, I don't know, it wasn't the, I don't know. In a way, it was it wasn't the best episode, but in a way, it kind of opened that character up a lot more, and I started to appreciate Beth a little bit more. And what kind of man does she turn to? Probably the opposite of her father, which right. is Daryl. <laughs> right, <Yeah. laughs> right. But, I mean, I, you know, and a lot of people didn't like how Daryl was portrayed in this episode, but I think it really opened up a lot about his character. Um, I think that they complement each other. Mm-hmm. You know, what he's lacking in uh, showing feeling, um, she brought it out of him. Right, because Carol couldn't. Yeah. It was very right. r- one-sided. Right, yeah. right. And um, I don't know. I, I But uh, I also wanted to talk about the, the finale a little bit. Um, so it looks like the claimers um, in this in this finale, the, the people that were the claimers, like, you know, claimed, they would always say claimed, they were actually the marauders from the comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they actually brought to life, which I thought was cool, one of the most iconic scenes from the comic book. Uh, that was uh, adapted for the finale. Uh, the characters changed, but the result was absolutely the same. You know, the Marauders and uh, basically in Abraham's place in the scene, we got Michonne. Mm-hmm. Uh, what didn't change was the storyline. Carl got almost got raped yeah. in the scene uh, before Rick uh, took uh, ripped out Joe's throat, and then it, he bit Joe's throat out of right. his fucking neck yeah <laughs> you know that's fucking insane he, yeah. learned, he learned that one from the zombies exactly he took it from he took it from the zombies yeah and uh he he murders this guy that tries to assault his son assault his son right after that um scott gimple revealed that the comic book was on set for the shooting of that scene oh wow neat and there were parts of it which were lifted directly from the pages uh, the setting was almost the same. It was a deserted road, abandoned car. It was nighttime. There's a gun to his head. Um, I also wanted to talk about Terminus. They finally made their way to Terminus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you hadn't picked up, Terminus is uh, a fucked up place. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we all suspected that Terminus was going to be, you know, kind of fucked up, but, uh, th- when they're taken hostage and they're put in those, uh, uh, those, uh, almost like, uh, um, train, train cars, train cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. when they're when they're held, the, I think the, the 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 what the true motivations of the people at Terminus. They don't talk about those in this episode, but if you look at the clues, it's pretty evident what they are. They are the cannibals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a point where Gareth, the leader of Terminus, um, he actually says. The people become a part of us. We get stronger. It's why we put up the signs, take people in. It's how we survive. <laughs> so, the like he said, the people become a part of us. Right, right. We get stronger. Mm. It's, it's like zombies, but they're humans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
The cattle trucks that have screaming people in them, uh, they keep them alive so that the people stay fresh for them to eat. Um, so they also don't want to kill them because if you kill somebody, they turn into a walker. Right. Um, they also, if you look in the, in the, in the show, there are on the, on the ground, there's powdered milk packages, which they are using to fatten these people up before they oh, eat them. Right. I was wondering what that was. I read that. Yeah. And they, the snipers like shoot at their feet. At their feet. Yeah, they don't try and shoot them because they don't want right. to kill them. Okay. I actually tweeted the um, I tweeted the the Walking Dead that night. I said, "Who are the shooters? Are they stormtroopers? Because <laughs> because nobody's getting shot." I, if you can look on our Twitter page, I tweeted that. I live tweeted that to the. I was hoping that they'd say that on here. <laughs> um, all right. So I. All right. Let's talk about uh, Gotham. The show coming out. Uh, Gotham. Yes. Um, it, Fox got it, not CW. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the origin story behind Commissioner James Gordon. Um, and it's, it takes place years before Batman's arrival in the DC universe. It stars, they got Ben McKenzie as Detective James Gordon, Dave Mazou as young Bruce Wayne, which we know from, uh, Touch. Yes. The Fox show with, uh, uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, Cameron Bickendova. I'm gonna butcher her name just like Jay. <laughs> Cameron Bickendova as Selena Kyle. Um, so I, I think in the, this is gonna be a crime procedural just set in Gotham. We're gonna see, you know, some of the villainous things that go on in the city before, you know, Batman, you know, arrives. Um, they need to get this show right though, though, guys, don't you agree? I mean, there's a lot that they could do to screw this up. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to envision what the full story of a, of a Gotham without Bruce Wayne is going to be, even if he is like a a little kid in this or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a finite story that you're going to be telling at that point. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about the detective Jim Gordon. That goes back to my love for Frank Miller's dark Knight series where they did show a young, uh, you know, Detective Gordon coming about in Gotham and how he started out and how he kind of became who he was, you know, and, uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about some of the villains, you know, they've, they've said the Riddler is going to be in this, the Penguin, you know, more of the street level. They element. cast the Riddler recently, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they cast yeah. the Riddler. Uh, uh, they got Corey Michael Smith to play the Riddler, okay. actually. Um, which means nothing to me. I don't, I don't exactly know he, who he, he is. He has like the three most boring names in his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corey, Michael, and Smith. Right. Yeah. Might but, as well be like Paul, John, yeah. Tom, John James. Jones. Jones yeah. Paul John Jones is the Riddler. <laughs> but it's kind of cool. Uh, it, it's a good way, I think, to put the Riddler in the story and the Penguin. Unlike the movies where they kind of fall flat. And you don't really have a good way, I think, of introducing them like yeah. Bane or the Joker, where it's like, God, this is a real threat to. Did Batman. any of you read the detective comics recently where they introduced, they, they took away like the penguin was out of power and they introduced the emperor penguin? I hated that. No. You didn't like the no, emperor I don't, penguin? No, I don't understand what that was about. <laughs> Why was there an emperor penguin? I think they just wanted to get rid of the penguin. He kind of looked uh. like Nightcrawler, right? <laughs> well, he had the monocle. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. It, they just wanted a cooler version. Of the penguin, yeah. I, think. The, I mean, I think the penguin is great, and I think he's going to be great for this series. But I'm just worried about you've got a finite amount of stories you're going to be able to tell off of this, and yeah. then you're done unless you bring Batman into it. I think that what they need to get right is they need to show it. The, sh- the show is called Gotham. They need to get Gotham done correctly. I mean, th- 
Gotham itself is a character in the yeah. story, and they need to bring the city to life. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it needs to have its own feel just like it does in the comics. It needs to be uh, – in the DC universe, you know, Gotham has its own feel, which is dark. And then yeah. you've got Metropolis, which is the light. Um, it needs to be dark and dreary and brought to life by the scum that inhabit it, and there needs to be a sense of fear within right. the city. Um, there needs to be lots of shadows in right. the show too, which the same sh- shadows that Batman will later, you know, haunt exactly you know, the villains I- within Gotham. Yeah, this show needs to show Gotham the way it was. They need to bring the city to life, just like the movie Dread brought Mega City One to life as this fucking evil place. Right. I was thinking this show might be the perfect medium to do the Court of Owls for the first time in. Oh yeah. Especially since we're starting right after Bruce Wayne's parents' death. Right. And everything, and then yeah. that would really show a lot about the inner workings of Gotham. Yeah, the Court of Owls would be perfect because, like, you know, we didn't know about the Court of Owls when reading the comic book, but now that it's been introduced into the Batman mythos, it'd be kind of cool to show that and this show yeah, absolutely we, we know it was all going on at this time yeah so let, let's start seeing some of that i think though that this show is going to kind of exist in a vacuum much like arrow where any of the outside dc projects aren't really going to ever draw continuity or canon from this yeah. project it's just kind of going to kind of be its own thing yeah. like a smallville like an arrow yeah yeah i'm worried about uh Br- young bruce wayne and selena kyle meeting each other yeah i, don't like I that. want them to keep them separate yeah I don't want them to get together and be like best friends and right. hang out and play. <laughs> Batman, you know? and now I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it needs to be. I was talking to you about this. I, I, I want if they're going to do that, make it a parallel story about a rich kid growing up in these circumstances, and then Selena Kyle's character, a poor kid growing up in right. these circumstances, and how they kind of make the same decision. And the only connection they have is Gordon. Right. That's it. That'd be fine. I don't want to see them meeting together. Right. At all. And I, and I guess, I mean, but again, it's like, it's gonna have to end with Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. That's how the series is, we already know that the series is gonna have to end right. that way. It's yeah. over. Unless they wanna put Batman in a television series, which I'd be fucking fine with. But. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Batman TV show. I don't know. Batman is made for the big screen. He is, he is, but he could be done. He could be done. Or at least Nightwing just show or something reruns like of the that. Adam West show. Yeah. I love the Adam West show. I do. I do. I love that it. That just came out on DVD. That was something. Finally? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Shit, we're in a new medium now, and it's finally coming out. That was something I wanted I to bring know. up. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because, like, I know you could get the movie on DVD. Now you but can it, get the series. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, all right. We're going to wrap up here. But real quick, at the beginning of the show, I made the announcement that at the end of the show, we're going to talk a couple more things about Cap 2, mm-hmm. The Winter Soldier including those Robert Redford Red School rumors. And then I'm going to answer the question about why wasn't Hawkeye in The Winter Soldier. So at the beginning of the podcast, um, I tease this now. Uh, we're going to have spoilers for Cap, The Winter Soldier. So if you haven't seen it, you've been warned. Stop listening now. But I'd first like to read an email from a listener about a scene in The Winter Soldier that we talked about last week. The Email comes from Bo Franklin. This is really cool. Check this out. He says, Hi, Brian. Love the podcast. Stop kissing my ass. (laughs) Stop, Bo. Seriously. No. I don't know why anybody listens to this fucking thing. <laughs> come on, Bo. Bo, come on, get real with us. Just be like, hey, Brian, yeah, I, I listened. Listen to you guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give your episode a taste. Yeah. 
But he says, hi, Brian. Love the podcast. Just listen to the Winter Soldier rundown. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I knew the major twists. One one comment I wanted to make was you guys compared a scene where Cap and Fury are talking via text with loud music playing because they know they're being spied on. Mm -hmm. That scene is probably an homage to a scene in All the President's Men where Dustin Hoffman comes to Robert Redford's apartment to tell him their lives could be in danger. Redford blasts some classical music, and they communicate by typing out their conversation on a typewriter. Oh, yeah. As soon as you guys described that scene, I thought it had to be a tribute to that scene and to Robert Redford's presence in the movie. Keep up the good work. <laughs> oh, nice, nice catch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So thank you, Bo, for yeah. that email. That's awesome. I also like how in that scene uh, that the music they play isn't like rock or, or or anything like current. You know, the only music that Cap has in his place is like this 1940s big band. Music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, swing. So that's like that's what, yeah, exactly. That's what that's what Fury was forced to play. Right. I love it. Oh, he's totally right, though. That's a good point, Bo. I mean, they they definitely borrowed from a lot of stuff that Redford was in that was yeah. spy-related. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you, Bo. I yeah. hope you continue to listen to the podcast. Smart guy. Um, okay, so let's talk about Captain America a little bit more. Robert Redford, there was some Red School rumors, and uh, Anthony Russo spoke with io9.com, and he said that they were aware of the fans coming to conclusions that Robert Redford could be the next school. He said, we did hear that rumor. Fans are always trying to tie everything back to mythology. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Damn you fanboys. <laughs> and sometimes it's a it's good to subvert expectations. We wanted a very grounded villain for this movie, Redford as a top-level bureaucrat. He's sort of the Henry Kissinger for this generation who's gone bad. Yeah. That felt like that fit more into the struggle that Cap was going through in this film and it was better it was a better villain for him to oppose. A sort of ideological villain versus a science fiction creation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's cool that they address that. I mean, because everybody was thinking that at one point Redford's just going to rip off his old wrinkly Redford face. And <laughs> Red Skull. Yeah, we're going to see Red Skull, but it never happens. So. I thought it was possible. Yeah. That was one of the pluses is that they didn't do that obvious you right. know, reveal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then uh, he Anthony Russo was asked about Brock Rumlow uh, getting badly burned in the film mm. and if that is, in fact, a setup for Captain America 3. And he said, we won't confirm or deny. But this could be perceived as an origin story for Crossbones. Yes, baby. Nice. Nice. Crossbones is a badass. (laughs) I'd also like to discuss why we didn't see Hawkeye in this film. Yes, please. Um, You'd think he'd be involved somewhere since he is a member of S.H.I.E.L.D., a very high member in S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, but he wasn't in the film, nor was he mentioned. Apparently, they were toying around with the idea of having him in the film, but writer Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely ultimately decided against it. McFeely, he stated, we knew we wanted Falcon there. We knew we wanted Black Widow. You're introducing Winter Soldier. Fury's got a bigger part in this one. It just started to seem like he was going to kind of get a crappy part. Which he's already had. He's already had. <laughs> Poor Hawkeye. He's always the first thing to get cut. Uh huh. Jesus Christ. Christopher Marcus then said, if we were going to use him, we really wanted to use him well. We toyed around with and maybe even shot a line or at the least in a draft. There's a line where we explain he's off somewhere doing something else. So, guys, there was no concrete answer, but the conclusion was they didn't want to just shoehorn him in there to have him in the movie. Right. It would have been nice to find out where he was. Uh, I think we'll get those answers in Age of Ultron. 
But, um, you know, I mean, I would like to read that. I personally would like to read that draft where we got to hear something about him. Yeah. Uh, but I also wanted to point out in the movie, if you guys didn't notice, uh, and I didn't notice this until I read it, Black Widow's necklace mm-hmm. uh, in the movie was an arrow. Oh, nice. So Her baby. Exactly. <laughs> so there's got to be, like, that That just kind of, like, points to, that's a Hawkeye reference and maybe something with their relationship, maybe more than we, we know what's going Put on. Put those two together in a movie, totally awesome. Yeah, Hawkeye oh, okay, and Black, Black Widow. Widow. Oh, yeah, you always yeah. think of those two. Fantastic. Yeah. I got a prediction for Age of Ultron. I bet within the first ten minutes of the movie, Ultron has infected Hawkeye with a computer virus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but dudes, dudes, did you see him in his old school outfit? The oh Hawkeye, yeah. Hawkeye, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you Those see pictures? that? Yeah, that was, that was awesome. The purple bandolier, yes. yeah, yeah, very nice. Yes, very uh, more regal and fitting for Hawkeye. Yeah, I love those yeah. pictures. Yeah, I like the I like the current modern design of Hawkeye, right. but I love the old school look. Yeah, I'm just glad they kept purple in there. Oh yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, and two more Easter eggs while we're uh, talking about Captain Two, uh, Captain America Two that we did not talk about last week. Uh, Batroc's ship was called the Lumerian Star, oh. which in the comics the Lumerians are a race of sea people. Yes, so that's another one that we missed. Did not catch that. Um, and when Sitwell was name dropping people, he mentioned Banner, Stark, and Doctor Strange, Stephen Strange. But he also mentioned a man located in Cairo, Egypt, which we all know as Moon Knight. Nice. Motherfuckers. A man – okay. <laughs> Moon Knight is a man – you know, that while in Egypt, he was beaten to death but then given powers of the Egyptian moon god Khonshu. So – God damn, I love Moon Knight. Yeah, I do. I love Moon Knight. <laughs> Yeah, Damn it. That's great. So, How did we not catch that? I didn't catch it. <laughs> I had to read this shit online. That's awesome. We don't catch everything, but yeah, well, damned if we don't report it. He's almost as cool as Batman. So, yeah. <laughs> How was Moon Knight referenced in the movie? They say Mark Spector's name? They say something about, uh, they don't say Mark Spector's ma- name. They say somebody who was, first they say somebody uh, that was located in Iowa. Okay. And then somebody located in Cairo, Egypt. Hmm. Okay. Nova? Iowa? So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I still hope it's Nova. I hope it's Nova as well. All right, you guys ready to wrap this up, dude? One more thing. One more thing. Did you guys catch that one of the conceptual artists for uh, Winter Soldier posted his picture of Baron Zemo, who was originally supposed to replace Baron von Strucker, Holy as shit. the reveal at the mid credit scene? No, it was supposed to be Baron Zemo. Zemo. And he looks fucking awesome. Wow. Yeah. So they Just went, from the drawing. I mean. So, so they went with Von Strucker. They changed it. Yeah. Okay. And I think. I th- They're going to hold Zemo, I think, later one. on. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I love Zemo. He's yeah. a badass motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> They've got to keep something for Cap 3. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, if you're going to have fucking it going against uh, Batman versus Superman, you've got to hold something close right. to your chest. Hydra, I think, was introduced for Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Baron Zemo is going to be saved for Captain America. Fucking A. Yeah. God, I love this. Yeah. yeah and the Winter Soldier. Hey guys, I love doing this show. I loved, I'm, we're back. We are fucking back. We're not going anywhere. I love doing it in the same room. I love all of our listeners. Yeah. And I know I've, you know, I've mentioned some listeners that we have on the show. And I just want to point out that you guys are as much of the show as we are. I would not fucking do this show if it wasn't for our listeners. Yeah. No if we would have put the show out, nobody would have listened. Nobody would have commented. Nobody would have liked our Facebook page. I wouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah. It's fun, but it wouldn't be an as fun. No, without like, the involvement. Like, I'm yeah. talking about the raid. I, I like posted on Facebook, like, "Oh, I'm gonna go see the raid too." Danny Murphy replies to me. Me and Danny Murphy start talking about our love of the raid. Yep, I love that. Yep. 
And you would have never talked to him without this I podcast. can't even talk to you guys about the raid because you haven't seen it yet. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the conversation keeps going. Thank but you I can talk fans. to Danny about it. Danny knows. Because Danny knows. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody knows. Listen, okay, no, this is the thing. This is the thing. I don't know about every podcast out there, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I guarantee you, I fucking guarantee you that they don't have the interaction that we have with our listeners. Right. Oh, for sure. And I'm not trying to, like, toot our own horns and say, like, we're the best podcast out there, because we're clearly we're not. We're the fucking <laughs> leftovers. <laughs> Seriously, we're not the best podcast out there. If you want to have people that are, like, more into the, the you know, that, that, that are more in the know, like, I'm, we're reading this shit off the internet. It's not like I'm fucking talking to these people directly. Right. It's not right. like I'm on the phone with these fucking people and I'm, like, finding out this information directly. No. If you want to talk to people that are in the know, whatever, but they're not going to talk to you, but we'll talk to you. Yeah. Because sure. I want to talk to you. You're, you're our listeners. You like the show. There's a reason you like the show. And that gets me excited. It's a lot of new friends that we would have never had. Right, exactly. Which is, which is cool. You like, guys are as much a part of the show. You, you are what push me every week. You wouldn't imagine how much time I put into this show. And yeah. I'm not trying to like toot my own fucking horn. Because I don't think this show is like the best show that's out there. I mean, I'm not fucking Chris Hardwick. I'm not fucking Kevin Smith. Right. We like those guys. We like those guys. <laughs> Some of us. <laughs> <You fucker. laughs> but I mean, you guys are as much a part of the show as as we are. Yes, I want to hear your opinions. I don't get on here and just like, dude, I don't know. Fuck it, whatever. You guys are awesome. It's Thank good to you. have all those other opinions from all these other people that we have never would have imagined being able right. to talk to. And dude, it's, I, you know, I reply to emails all the time. Yeah. I reply to emails all the time. I've got people saying like, oh, I'm looking forward to Days of Future Past. Yeah. I love the Days of Future Past movie. And that's valid. Yeah. Even, even if we're against it, that's totally valid. And you have – that's great to hear. You know, we want to hear why. You right. Know, why are you – want to see it you know? yeah and you know what i'm not it's not that i'm right this is just my opinion yeah, i just exactly. do a fucking show exactly i just do a show and i give my opinion yeah you either like it or you don't like it yeah yeah we, you know love the fans they're super encouraging i mean anytime you get down about doing this kind of thing you just look at our facebook page exactly and you can't help but be uplifted i quit it. the show for three months yeah if, if if people didn't want the show to come back i wouldn't have come back you're the reason i came back yeah you're the reason that jake came back that jay came back yeah. we all missed you for sure so I encourage people, if you want to be a part of this community, if you want to talk to us, please get on Facebook. Just get on Facebook, like us. Just You don't even have to comment every every stupid post that we come out with. Just say something like, hey, guys, like the show. Or right. like, hey, guys, you guys are assholes because you don't like this movie. I'm looking forward to Amazing Spider-Man 2. I think the costumes look awesome. You guys are stupid. Right. And we'll, we'll just reply with, hey, you know, whatever. whatever. <laughs> Rape you like Carl. <laughs> <laughs> God, and that's just happened. total joke. Total joke. <laughs> you could totally disagree with us. That's yeah. If you disagree with this, you're going to be Jay's Carl. <laughs> I, I see. An, I, I like it. I like it wait, as much as the positive. I, I see a really disturbing Carl's Jr. commercial <laughs> coming out. <laughs> well, yeah. Now that you talk about it. <laughs> Oh no! Well, but it's one. It's one of the first things I get up. I get my cup of coffee. I check the the pop culture's leftovers Facebook page because I want to see what you guys are talking about. And it's it's really great to hear from everybody. Everybody's been so positive and encouraging. Like, yeah. we could not ask for better people to be listening, and it's it's really fun. You know? Right? Yeah. But I, I also I want to hear from the uh, unspoken people. Yes, there's a lot of people that are quiet. Yeah. <laughs> like people that have been listening and like haven't said anything or haven't liked our Facebook page. I want to hear from you. 
So if you want to send us an email, send us an email at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. We all have our own personal emails. I'm Brian at popcultureleftovers.com. Jake at popcultureleftovers.com. Jason at popcultureleftovers.com. Send us an email. But, uh, yeah, you guys are awesome. Yeah, we're more than happy to shoot the shit about anything you want to talk about. We're right. not going to, you know, be an asshole to you for sure. Right. If you have premature ejaculation, That's whatever cool. the case may be, whatever, we'll talk about I've it. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Can we edit that? I mean, so we'll, we'll, we'll go Dr. Ruth on you. We'll go real. We'll get yeah. real with you. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, professional. I'm not a doctor. Right. Right. I'll Who is? Make right. sure to state that in the email. Yeah. <laughs> but I can read WebMD just like everybody else. Right. right. So. Yeah. I'll be a helping hand. Yeah. You got a rash on your balls? Talk to me. Whatever. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> Where the fuck am I going? We love you guys. That's all. That's all. Yeah. We love you guys. Get yeah. get rid of that rash. Yeah, get rid of it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like our Facebook page, get rid of the rash. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're also on <laughs> we're, we're also on Twitter. We are on Twitter. Yes. So tweet the fuck out of us. We need more Twitter people. We do need more Twitter yeah. people. We've we got, got a lot of Facebook people. We got Sylvina five sixty two. We've got Pete Neen. You know, we've got some Twitter people, but I want to hear more Twitter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, need, we need more twats. I mean, yeah. <laughs> twat it up. And, and if, if there's something we're not covering, we're missing something because we're imperfect human beings, please tell us. Let us know what you're, what you are looking at, what you're reading. Like I said before, what are you, what are you reading? What comics are you reading? We want to know these things yeah. and we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Tell us what to watch. Tell us what to read. Yeah. I was talking to Danny Murphy, dude, and he, he's like, I'm reading Black Science. He's like, he's loving black science. Yeah. I know. And it's cool to talk to Danny Murphy about this shit. You know, he's fucking, he watched the raid. He loved the raid. Yeah. So me and Danny were talking about the raid and shit just on fucking Facebook, right. dude. Right. So it's awesome, like, interacting with these people that have the same interests as us. That's a, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, hey, maybe I don't interact with other podcasts as much, but I have sent, I have sent some tweets and some, uh, some Facebook messages to other podcasts <laughs> and they might say hi. Yeah. But like they don't, I don't, I don't think they interact like we do. And I'm not trying to like toot our own horns like we're the best podcast out there because right. we're the, with the leftovers, we're clearly not. Right. <laughs> but we're going to interact with you. Oh, we're gonna, yeah. You know, seriously. You know? Yeah, it's totally, it's totally, uh, you know, an uh, interactive experience. God, we feel like we're just begging at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough of the seriously. love fest. I might, yeah, seriously. I might as well just be unzipping their pants and sucking, <laughs> sucking dick at this point. It'd be better than you unzipping my pants. <laughs> God, I'm just pandering. Okay. We're, yeah, we're good. Fuck it. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> listen to us or don't listen to us, whatever. But we're going to talk to you either way. Yeah, we'll talk to you. Yeah. Even if you hate us. Even if you hate us. Especially if you fucking Especially hate us. Especially if you hate us. Yeah. yeah. We'll let our voices we be heard. To say. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it. All right, guys. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bag, thank you for listening and thank you for your patronage. We'll see you next week. I love you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. What part didn't you understand? <laughs> the buh or the bye? See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bye-byes. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. 
they'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submission. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. Okay, I'm recording. I'm recording. Jake, go ahead. Yep. Alrighty then. Sounds good to me, Jake. Jake, you can talk in yours real quick. How how do I sound? That's awesome. So let me stop.